0: Your lips can do a whole lot more than kiss. Your lips express love and speak your truth. Plump your lips with Juvederm Vobella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC for natural-looking results that are completely and uniquely you. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Vobella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you are allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there is a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
1: Travis W. says in the chat room, that's our man, Travis Willier-Moustous. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Listen to him. Zen too. Nice to see you. And who else is here? We got to hurry up here. Oh, let's see. Digger dog. Thanks for coming on in chill farm. Good to see you. Paul war. Welcome to SOR chat. We're caught up. Oh, senior pent. Welcome to SOR chat as well. All right, guys, we've got 25 seconds. Super chat is open. The store is open on the website, I've got a cough, and all of you are here. We're going to rock it in like three seconds. You ready? I'm ready. Do me a favor. Get your horns up. Let's rock. mountains of central british columbia to you listening around the world this my friends is spaced out radio i am your host dave scott sitting in the captain's chair of sor headquarters we welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live and kpnl all of our archives are free join us at youtube.com Forward slash spaced out radio. Do old baby the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio.
2: Our website, SpacedOutRadio.com. dot
1: com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out, to Bumblefoot. Read the news wire. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Jive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. we got a power show of woo tonight. Dr. Bob McGuire, a.k.a. Science Bob, is here with John Yost and Deb Shakti. This is going to be a great night of woo. Great night of woo. Then, in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Then little Timmy Senor will be here with the UFO Report. Each and every month around the middle, we get a little bit of a scientific introduction to the world of the paranormal and supernatural. His name, Science Bob. Yes, Dr. Bob McGuire, the last couple of years, has been hanging out with us, looking at the more rational side of the woo with the who, what, where, when, why, and how. How he does it? Well, years of experience as a scientist, as a member of your favorite alphabet agencies, And now, he is fully engulfed in trying to find life's major mysteries. Tonight, we are joined by good friends of Bob's. We have Deb Shakti. We have John Yost. And I want to say a big thank you to all of you for coming on the show tonight, which is going to make it highly entertaining and highly educational. Science Bob, how are you doing, my friend? It's good to see you.
3: I'm doing so so good, Dave. And uh, glad, uh, glad to be on tonight. Glad that we got two great guests. They have a really interesting collection of stories and lots of stuff for us to delve into.
1: Excellent, excellent. John, I believe uh, this will be your first time on with me. I, I think you did a weekend show with us a long, long time ago, but first time with me. So welcome to you to Spaced Out Radio. We very much appreciate learning your story together tonight. And Deb Shakti, one of my good friends here, your energy is always on point when you are here, and we'd love it that you have uh, come back to join us. Thank you. All right, Bob. Thanks, Dave. Bob, we, you're, you're the commander-in-chief of, of Science Bob and Friends, so tell us a little bit about what's going on here.
3: Well, so um, uh, Debs and John are, have both uh, uh, been very, very important to me. Uh, John, uh, put out a movie, Alien Abductions, uh, with, give me some answers. And, uh, I, uh, looked at it, uh, was in, was in just wrapped with rapt attention, just totally got involved. And I saw Deb Shakti in this movie and, uh, Lala and I got together. That's Lala Bright, who is sick tonight and says, Hello. Uh, anyway, so we got together, and uh, we're now together, living, living together in Maryland, and uh, we decided that Devs was somebody we needed a quantum healing transformation on, and she did a very deep analysis on both of us back-to-back, back, one day after another. I mean, we spent hours and hours looking at those videotapes together so anyway that's how that's their my my introduction to them uh and so i don't want to steal any of their thunder i'd like them to tell their story uh dave if uh, you're ready
1: sure we're we're ready to go john let's start with you here because i mean your hair is on point tonight it looks very nice by the way very nicely <laughs> i i
4: i i stole it, i stole it from alec Baldwin excellent <laughs> he, he, he doesn't need it
1: tonight no, no. But uh, you're an ET contactee, I believe. And, you know, you've decided to go full in into the deep end of the wool, just like many of us have who've seen these little aliens running around. And, you know, how did this all happen? How did this all start for you?
4: Yes. Uh, well, thanks very much, Dave, for having us. And, of course, Bob, you know, I love you, brother. And Debs, you're my guardian angel, of course. Uh, well, I'll save that for later. I. Uh, when I, was, when I was seven, Dave, I, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night to this undulating hum, and I uh, was angry. I was a little boy, and I was angry because I couldn't get to sleep. So I went to the restroom and, um, you know, did my business there and had some water. And when I opened the door, there was an entity in the doorway with its back to the hallway. And um, to my eyes, a seven-year-old boy, what I was seeing was a character that used to be on Japanese television called Ultraman. I don't know if you remember him, but he was a giant guy, silver guy, olive eyes. Uh, But he was uh, my size. You know, I was a seven-year-old boy. I'm a big guy today, but back then I was the smallest kid in my class until high school. Um, We got very close. I wasn't afraid of him at the time. And then something happened. When we got nose to nose, I started to feel, the, the way I've described it in the past is that if you've ever stood on a on a beach and you felt the water come over your ankles and pull it out from underneath you, you started to fall. And I, um, I flailed like a drowning man and literally laid hands on this person, this thing that was in the hallway. And uh, there was a flash of light and it felt like I was moving, but I couldn't tell. And uh, all of these colors. And I was in the middle of this, this literally altercation. And, um, and as I'm coming out of that sort of thing, I, I found myself on the opposite side. Now my back was in the hallway and this person, this entity was, their back was in the bathroom. Well, I'm in the middle of this fight. And as I do, he, I say, he, but he raised his hand and touched me on the shoulder. And when he did, there was this tremendous flash of light. And I felt like a wave of energy hit me in the chest and knocked me down. And I fell down these stairs. My parents came out, and I mean, I'm I'm trying to race through this because I don't want to take any thunder from anybody else, but but my parents came out, and of course, they searched upstairs. There was nothing there, but uh, the John, next day... John, take, take your time. We're going to take all the time we want for this. Oh, thank you, Bob. Thank you. Um, and uh, the next day, my, my mother was giving me a bath, and she noticed my shoulder, and she said, Honey, what is this? And I said... Um, Mom, I told you it was, you know, this Ultraman. And she looked very sad at the time and uh, said, it'll be okay. My father took me to the doctor a couple of days later, and he was examining my cuts and bruises, and they were purpling and yellowing at the time because it was a couple of days later. And then he got to my shoulder, my left shoulder, and he says, whoa, sport, what, what the heck is this? And, you know, I started to blurt out, you know, I'm a little kid. And my father had admonished me to never say anything, but I, you know, I wasn't thinking about it. And I I saw my dad in the corner and he was giving me the look, you know, back in the seventies, when your dad gave you the look, you you shut your damn mouth. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so, you know, I got through that, got a lollipop and got back in the car. Um, As my father pulled into my parents' home driveway, he said to me, "Now listen, son. I never, ever want to hear this story again. I never want to hear about this Ultraman guy. I don't want you scaring your mother. I don't want you scaring." There was something about that interchange that um, that affected me, and I lied about it my entire life. And um, that lie, that negativity, touched everything, and it poisoned my my life, my my relationships. Uh, that negativity really, it, um, it affected me, affected my health. Um, and um, so I lied about it and joked about it and, and um, obfuscated my entire life about that. And then I, was, uh, I grew up a normal guy, then uh, started working in radio and television and film. And this is just what my job is. And I worked in front of the camera and behind it and uh, became a producer One day, about three and a half years ago, I'm out in the middle of this place called Borrego Springs, California, and um, it's very flat and arid. And during that time, I witnessed, along with about 15 other people, a very large, about the size of a Volkswagen, um, a blue-green thing that was hovering above the house that we were all staying in. And... When everybody saw it, they were kind of amazed. They were like, oh, my God, what is this? And it moved lightning fast and literally stopped above my head. And I felt that same feeling that I felt when I was a seven-year-old boy. And I could have told you all the details of that encounter. But what happened was this visceral fear, terror took care of me. Right took my heart right out of my body, and I felt that sand slipping off from underneath my feet. Well, from that day forward, I was just in turmoil. I was aching. I was like a walking bruise, and um, and I couldn't deal with it. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like I was a fifty year old guy dealing with something that had happened to me. I was a seven year old boy who had never dealt with something that had happened to him, and. I I was so angry about that. You know, I mean, you're in the business, so you know how anal retentive we have to be. You know, you're checking boxes, making sure that everything's taken care of, the gear, whatever. And um, it crippled me. I I developed a tremendous fear of open sky and uh, water. And um, I I decided, you know, I'm so self-reliant. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to just fix this. And I realized that I wasn't you know, anybody special, uh, that other people must have had some sort of example or in their life, some sort of experience, and uh, started to read and then interviewed people and then filmed them and then eventually became brave enough to share my story with them. And then something happened, really, that was really the pivotal point. And this is where Debs comes in. The moment, I could describe to you everything that happened, but I could not tell you what happened how I got interpolated or interchanged with this entity. What happened? Where did I go? How did I move? And why my back was in that hallway and why that creature or that entity or that person's back was in the bathroom. I could not for the life of me recall. And somebody had introduced me to dear Deb Shakti, who is my guardian angel. And uh, she's a tiny, she's a little elf. She's a tiny little little person and I i unfortunately am not <laughs> and um, and so you know I, I kind of scoffed at the beginning uh, and I'm not proud of this way, well, but I kind of scoffed I said you know hypnotize me little lady ha ha and she you know she has this little impish smile as you can see on screen and she kind of looked up and said well we'll see you know and then she said, um, she said look John I, I'm really not going to do anything All I'm going to do is teach you how to relax. And then you are going to walk down that hallway that you constructed. And you're going to open that door that you locked so many years ago. And you're going to open that file cabinet. And you're going going to observe. And you're going to report. And that's all that's going to happen. And I I had doubts, but I I really wanted to film it. And she was against it originally and, and said, look, you know, we're not screwing around here. We're dealing with serious matters. This is your psyche, this is your soul, this is your consciousness. We can't fool around. This is serious business. And I shared with her what my idea for a film was. I knew that other people were out there that were suffering with the same kind of trauma that I had experienced. And I I felt a need to help those people. I wanted to share this this process, and hopefully, what I was looking for was peace and healing. And I, and so at that, Deb's is a, a, an entirely service to other person. And so she understood the logic of that and the wisdom, and resonated with that. But she said, you know, look, we can we get have people around? And so we had remote cameras, and people weren't in the room, and they were rather, you know, we had to do all kinds of crazy gymnastics that you don't normally do on a film shoot. But what happened was about six and a half hours of tape. And at the end of that, at the end of that, there was an incredible revelation. I, I found out exactly who took me. I found out that it hadn't been the first time. I found out that there was a real message for me and for other people. And um, I found out where they took me. And at the end of that, I I was um, electrified. There was there was this kind of voice coming out of me that really wasn't even me, and almost felt like I don't know if you've ever been around really really big people like people in the you know NFL or the NBA. It felt like somebody of gargantuan size was right behind me, leaning in and putting their hands on my shoulders, and my mouth opened, but there was that was not me, and. Um, And said some absolutely incredible things. Things that I would have never said. Well, it took me a couple of weeks to really watch the entire thing. But what happened was it really did start to heal me. And so we included all of this material in this film called Alien Abduction Answers. And the idea behind the film is this. The world is ignorant, you know, And I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. I mean that in a, an unknowing sense. They don't know the facts. And so ignorance breeds fear. And in me, it had bred terror, uh, crippling terror. And, and hopefully this film shepherds people from that status of ignorance and fear to some sense of understanding and peace, which is what I'm achieving with this film. And um, I could never have done it without Debs. And that's why I continuously called her, much to her chagrin, my guardian angel. Uh, but I, I owe my life to her. She uh, she saved me. She really did.
3: John, uh, so I, I know you're going to be appearing in several places. And I know that you are the opening night uh, for UFOcon 2023 in San Francisco where your film will be shown to the entire audience and UFOcon of course focuses on uh, uh, abductees and experiencers but mostly abductees and the entire conference is run and dominated by by people who have uh, taken a flight so uh, John tell us tell us where you're going to show up where you're going to be in addition to UFOcon 2023 which you and I and Lala and Dave, of course, uh, will all be there. Dave was the
4: MC this time. Uh, yes, sir. You kind of caught me off. Uh... That's all right. Thank you. <laughs> no, guys. that's okay. That's okay. Let me pull this up real quick. I, I, I don't. You know, Dems will tell you I really never think of myself in these situations. So you, you kind of shocked me by asking me this. Um, yes, I, I. I, I'm so I'm so pressed to tell people about this. You know, one of the things that I, I I experienced was fear and shame. And I knew that thousands and actually there are millions of people who suffer the same way. And Deb can tell you she has a global practice. She deals with folks like this all the time. And um, and I, I just thought, look, you know, there's such a stigma about talking about this, about admitting this, about sharing this. So I thought, you know what, maybe, maybe people in, in the safety of a theater seat or, or their sofa at home could watch me be a scaramouche, could watch me be an idiot. I could ask the questions that maybe they would like to ask or say the things that they want to say. And they could live vicariously through me. And the idea of alien abduction answers is not the fact that I have answers. This is the quest for those answers. And hopefully what we do is we, we leave landmarks for other people You know, it's an immersive, as you know, Bob, it's an immersive film. Uh, Many other investigators are, are, you know, are just that. They're, They're geniuses. And maybe they had something happen in their life. Maybe they didn't. But really, they're from academe or... Or, or they're just, you know, reporters, this sort of thing. But I, I come from a film and television background. So the movie, as you know, is more like a movie. It's more like an immersive experience. You're with me from the very first frame in the middle of my abduction. And um, I, I just I rambled there so I could.
3: John, <laughs> why don't we do this? Let, let me just make a quick comment. And then oh, please do. Well, we to come sir. back from the break. We yes, will uh, let, let you uh, put it up, tell whatever, and then we'll go to depth. So Understood. I just wanted to say that uh, I'm a scientist. I'm an engineer. Yes, I had experiences when I was young and I had missing time when I just became an adult. And all those things changed my life dramatically. And then I yes. forgot all about them. Mm-hmm. For 40 something years, I forgot about them. I hid them. I buried them. Yes, sir. And... Uh, Debs did the same for me that she did for you. Now, each of us is different. Mm. I needed, I have, a, I have, a, I have a big ego. I'm a smart guy. <laughs> I have a big, I have a big IQ. Okay. And I do. And that's just the facts, but that's not what this is about.
5: Yeah.
3: I am here to help other people gain an understanding of what is going on with this. And the principal person that is going to be bringing the message, I am here to serve, and that's Lala Bright, because she is an amazing person. And you know, I, I people, I, I know people think, what is going on with all of this? This is so quick, so fast. But once you've been through this experience with Deb's, uh.
2: This episode is brought to you by Acura. Electric doesn't have to be boring, and Acura has turned that thought into reality. They're bringing the same passion, creativity, and challenger spirit they've always had to their all-new electric vehicles. So they'll have the same motorsports-inspired design and premium performance, but crafted for a zero-emission future. It's time to enter a new era of electrification with Acura. Explore the future of EV at Acura.com. New world, same energy. Hey, guys. This is Keenan Thompson.
6: I have a problem with you. Yes, you. None of y'all told me that AutoTrader has millions of new and used cars that I can shop from home. I thought we were friends. I put smiles on your face, but I'm not smiling. No one told me that with AutoTrader, a dealer can deliver cars to my home or that I could shop by price on AutoTrader. No one. Consider this friendship that you just learned we had officially over. Finally, it's easy. AutoTrader
3: my experience was just slightly different from yours and that the there are three segments as you know the first two segments i was wondering am i hypnotized <laughs> i said these these things are coming into my head and i'm saying them but am i really hypnotized and then the third segment and i'm going whoa here i am dwindling into the background and that ain't me running my mouth somebody else and as as everybody in this audience knows me not running my mouth is a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Dave what do you got to what do you got before we go out
1: well you know I mean I love hearing experiencers' stories because if if you're like me and an experiencer yourself you kind of find common ground with what's going on with other people and I love knowing that, you know, like my incidents didn't happen in childhood, John. My incidents started when I was 38 years old. And, you know, I know I look 74, but I'm only going to be 50 this year. But the the key is, you know, it's amazing how it starts and how you recognize every little tidbit. And what caught me off guard was when you said that when you had your experience as an adult, It brought you, that energy, that feeling brought you right back to when you're seven. You know, it's just like the stuff that was happening outside my house before the show. That brought me back to a few years ago where I recognized that same feeling. Uh, With about 45 seconds to go, it's amazing how those feelings, John, just don't leave. You recognize them instantaneously.
4: The feelings cut you to the core, and I really think that's the power of your soul. I yeah. think you trap that energy, either positive or negative, and when it's released, it becomes visceral out in your spacesuit that you're wearing in this three D yeah. <laughs> matrix, yeah.
7: Dave, I call those soul markers. Hmm. Soul markers. They're they're like post it notes from the future or the past or, you know, the quantum field to remind you, like they're placeholders for the energy.
1: I get that. And team, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour of hour number one here on Spaced Out Radio. Science Bob and Friends with Dr. Bob McGuire, our special guest tonight, Deb Shakti, John Yost, and all the alien stuff we can fit in in the next 90 minutes. Oh, I love my aliens. Love them. Where are you, aliens? Come on down. I'm ready for you tonight spaced out right now All right, we are clear. John, great half hour. Yeah, it was great. The, the, thing,
3: the thing I like is when you just you just let them I knew I knew what you were going to be like. You're going to just going to let you go, let you tell your story and you're going to channel all that emotion, all that narrative in a condensed form, that you put into the movie. And everybody in the audience that hasn't seen this movie has never seen an alien abduction movie because you've never seen it from the experiencer's point of view. You've, As John said, you always see it from some reporter or some documentarian or some scientist who's interviewing the person and treating them like they're an idiot. Well, <laughs> this is just something completely different in the sense that you feel compassion, you have okay. empathy and it's and it's what people need and so people need to see it, especially if they don't believe because they understand the power of what has happened to you alters your life
4: yep. Well said sir. well said.
7: I hear Debs, I'm so
3: glad this, I'm so glad you're good.
7: Oh, I'm great. I'm, I'm feeling fantastic. wonderful thank you.
3: And now thank you, for all, thank long. you for all your great, uh, your great uh, pearls of wisdom the last couple of days. I can tell you're feeling better.
7: Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I uh, become quite prolific when I'm feeling good. So.
3: Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I was so silent for 24 hours. Deb's got worried, and uh, she said so out. because and, and, and Facebook had put me in jail. And it's a funny story. I have a friend. His name is Charlie, and you'll notice if you go back to that post, you'll see that Charlie posted. And he always calls everybody a some bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and he put up this post about the Chinese balloon. And I said, we need to take them some bitches and shoot that balloon down. And Facebook <laughs> thought me I was cursing somebody uh-huh. and then threatening them, and so they took they took me out for twenty four hours. And I'm on probation.
7: It happens to me <laughs> at least once a month. So welcome to
1: the club. You people are nothing but trouble. Trouble.
3: And Dave, Dave, Dave put a, put up this meme of me breaking little rock, big rocks
1: into little rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny one. Uh, Deb, check the note on okay. the screen.
7: Dave, there's about 25 different species on that arrow ship.
3: Lala said there was oh, more than a yeah. way more than
5: one.
7: Oh yeah, no, there are several hundred right now. Like kind of coming together. I, I can't think of the word now. All
1: I know um, is I knew that I knew it was there, I, and I know it's still around.
7: So, so, well, so you we, have we, that we, feeling. So
1: yeah, we, we have a
4: picture,
3: we have a picture of a craft. Which I've done the geometry on and is huge. This thing is huge. And it looks like a stacked up decorative hotel. Uh, and it's full, you, do, uh, you, you know, it's full of beings. And uh, you could go on my Facebook page or my Twitter account and see a picture of this. Somebody called it the Black Knight. It's not. I know. Anyway, it's no, called the it's, Bob it's, Knight. It's a, the Bob a, Knight. <laughs> you no, know, Bob and Lala. Not she found it. Is this gigantic hotel full of aliens?
7: <laughs> it looks somewhat like, or it looks very much like the the ship that uh, some of the people on Doctor Greer's team, who are my dear friends, call Alexander. Uh huh. Um, and I don't. Did I ever send you pictures of that? I think no, I sent no, you. A of no, pictures no, you haven't.
3: But I'm telling you, this is. I sad. will. It's
7: huge, and it uh, it was very clear. And the
3: first the first time we took that video, and she zoomed in on it on a screenshot, and that craft came into being. I went, "Whoa!" And then three weeks later, the craft came back and turned from this way to this way, but I could recognize it was the same craft. You see that thing twice, and you don't doubt it.
1: All right, guys, we've got about 45 seconds. I want to say thank you to Pam, Bob, Dennis, Lori, and Obi Flett for the amazing Super Chats. It really helps out what we do on our show on a nightly basis. John Yo, Science Bob, and Dave, that's me, will all be at UFOCon 2023 on March 17th through 19th in San Francisco, California. Come join us if you're in the area. You can get your tickets right now at UFOCon2023.com. And two months later... May 19th through 21st, the second annual Spaced Out Radio fan party in Las Vegas at the Golden Nugget. We're going to have a seven-hour live YouTube show. It's going to be fantastic. Everyone's invited. Everyone. If you want tickets, go to info at spacedoutradio.com. Here we go. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate each and every one of you tuning us on in. Reminder to all of you that if you missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. We're on Spotify, iHeart Radio, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you want to hear us. We are there. Yes, and you can check out our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire. check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Second half hour Science Bob and Friends, led by the magical, the mystical, the man of this hour, Mr. Bob McGuire. We appreciate you coming on in Science, Bob.
3: I'm happy to be here. Debs, uh, so we extolled your virtues in the first half hour. Tell us how you arrived at these virtues.
7: Um, I came in this way. As Lady Gaga says, I was born this way. Um, and, And, you know, I thought everybody had the same kind of uh, perspective on life that I did. I have always been um, very telepathic. I call it tele empathic because it's more than just mental information. It's it's emotional information that comes through from others. Uh, always have been able to perceive and interact with interdimensional beings, ETs, anything that is you know another form of consciousness. Uh, of, uh, as well as humans, but I was more more in tune with those guys when I was little because I was really, really introverted and um, had a lot of, um, like...
2: Experience Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania in 3D. Scott Lang, you have a daughter. You're an Avenger. Ah! But down here, you're out of your league. On February 17th, Kings a monster. He can shatter existence. An Avenger. I don't care what he can do. I'm getting us home. Must face a conqueror. You may not want her to watch this.
4: <laughs> I'm sorry, Cassie.
2: Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Experience it in 3D. February 17th. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13.
8: Cartier, Rolex, Gucci, Prada, Jordan, Adidas, Bottega Veneta. At eBay, it's real. Or it's getting the fake out. Our team of luxury authenticators are making sure you never get faked over again watches inspected by watch experts sneakers checked by legit sneakerheads. handbags examined by handbag connoisseurs and jewelry in the scopes of expert gemologists the details inspected the fakes rejected ensure your next purchase is the real deal with ebay's authenticity guarantee everyone deserves real visit ebay.com for terms
7: energy i i don't like to call it energy healing but energy support uh facilities to help others and um just a lot of, a lot of different things, uh, from babyhood. And so as I grew older, uh, after having had to repress a lot of that from, you know, like John, like most of us who had childhood experiences, uh, we were told to not talk about it, not, you know, that it was ridiculous and blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, but as I grew older into adulthood, um, things started becoming much more pronounced, much more urgent. And I began to also see that there were scientific uh, organizations and groups and, and professors and teachers who were talking about such certain things from a scientific perspective, and that helped me understand what was going on. That's how I got into all the sciences. I, I got into psychology uh, first and then the sciences and then started studying quantum physics. And I'm by no means understand any of it. I have a very rudimentary understanding of it, but, um, but it helped to put things together for me to explain how I conceptualize the world and interact with the world. And I mean the world, not just earth, but life. Um, And, uh, and I use that, I don't know that knowledge and that experience to help others, because that's what I believe I came here to do.
3: Great. Okay. So, um, I, I, I believe like, you know, and uh, John knows and Dave knows that consciousness is this universal field, which is throughout the universe. So, uh, and since I believe the consciousness is information, I believe that this field is a quantum field and it's little particle is a qubit. Okay. So uh, explain to us why you call your work quantum transformation services. Why, why, why that terminology?
7: Well, okay. So, you know, there's, there are two perspectives on, on the quantum term. Uh, There's the scientific, uh, exploration of that that can become very deep and convoluted and very hard to understand. But the basis of it is that we believe the smallest uh, measurable thing in life is called a quantum or a quanta. Okay, um, and that these things are all made of the same. They all originate from the same energy. Energy never dies. It merely changes form and function by virtue of its vibrational state, and those are measurable to a point with what we have in, in our rudimentary, you know, scientific uh, abilities as earth-bound, third-dimensional humans right now. The other side of that coin that we call quantum everything is has become more popularized to include. It just speaks to the universality of everything, the connectiveness of every connectedness of everything. Um, uh, when uh, certain physicists began studying uh, the quantum field, they found that uh, it expressed in a fractal nature. It kept repeating patterns, no matter whether you went down to the lowest micro, scopic view to the grandest macro view that we have of the universe patterns are repeated um, in all of these forms uh, which tells us that there are there are infinite versions of everything in creation and I believe that. Um, so the the pop culture version of quantum physics for instance, you know, it, it's just kind of this blanket term for the all that is, the the cosmos, uh, life, what some people call God, divine source. Uh, in fact, it's become so popularized. Somebody, one of my students, got me this cup that says, "I'm straight out of quantum," which is funny, but it's it's true. I'm made of quanta. You're made of quanta, and So the work that I do, I chose the term quantum transformation and the the hypnosis uh, therapy that I work with. I termed quantum hypnosis because of the connected, the interconnected, infinitely interconnected quality of life, of energy, of all of us. I may be wrong, and you don't have to buy into this, but I truly believe, especially from all the data that I have gathered from decades and decades of this work with people who keep bringing up these tales, uh, like John, like you, like Lala had, um, that there are infinite universes, and there are infinite versions of each of us in these infinite universes, and they are all living out their realities. And in fact, I'll even go one step further and say, every moment, every time you make a choice between one or more things, you create alternate universes and alternate versions of you living out the other forms of the choice that this person did not choose. And you go on to live out your reality with that choice. I may or may not be right, but I have a lot of anecdotal evidence that says that's true. So we are continuously as this gigantic infinite form, all that is consciousness is what I like to term it, or what I really like to term it is quantum consciousness. We are just these quanta pieces of this entity, but we're all connected and we affect each other always, forever, at all, in all ways, which is kind of a mind bender. But what's really cool about it is, if that is true, this is an if-then statement, Mr. Science Bob, if that is true, then we have access to all of the experiences of all those infinite other selves. And indeed, of each other, because we are all connected, I believe, via quantum entanglement. And I yeah. might be wrong with that, too. So.
3: No, I, I think, I think as, as you and John and Dave and I have interacted with each other, we have, been, we have become entangled, as in the quantum sense. Uh, and the, the entanglement is in the information that uh, goes into our person our current incarnation, our current spacesuit. Uh, so, uh, and our spacesuits interact, and so our the, the facet of the consciousness field that we are entangles with each other, and that's how you become bound to each other. And we've gone from not knowing each other to being friends with each other and doing things together. And so yeah. you become more and more entangled, and the atomic bond goes closer and one more thing i want to keep wanting people to remind people of is that consciousness has something deep to do with quantum mechanics yes. the reason i say that is the phenomenon that made quantum mechanics was the double slit experiment and this is where you fire photons or electrons at two slits and if you don't if you if you don't look you get, a, you get a, a rainbow array across the screen. If you look, you get like bullets going through two holes and with two little patterns. And this says that if you observe, you change things. So uh, you bring it into reality. You take the field, you make it a particle. This says that we, in our consciousness, create our own reality. Precisely. So take, take that and run with it, if you will, and still, uh, tell me how foolish I am or how right you think I'm <laughs> I am. I believe
7: you are 100% right. And in fact, you know, uh, as a, a student of the sciences and, and, you know, the best I can do with quantum physics, um, studied all the great, you know, the great names, we talk about the Penrose-Hameroff uh, you know, theory, where they they talk about the neurons in the brain literally may be a quantum computer, or at least, you know, but then, then they say, well, that can't be true, because that type of effect doesn't, can't happen under, uh, or over temperatures above minus 200 and something degrees, you know. Um, and so how can that happen in a brain that is ninety eight point six degrees Fahrenheit? And so what I have and they also say that uh, or they're they were postulating that if that's true, then the brain is creating consciousness. But it's backwards. Consciousness creates the brain. In fact, I say, you know, what this body that we're wearing is a spacesuit. This is what we navigate this third dimensional earth environment with, and the operating system is the brain.
3: Socks are the number one most requested item at homeless shelters. Underwear second, and shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first, made with comfortable details for everyday wearing, then underwear and shirts too, all designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas, comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com slash Spotify.
8: Hey, the balance in my free checking account earns more than options like CDs. And without tying up my money. Keesler Federal Credit Union, helping our members live extraordinary.
7: And the software is our mind, our consciousness. But it's so limited because the the operating system is, is so small. You can't cram a whole lot in there. So we only carry around the most important things to keep the spacesuit running, basically, and keep us from running into everything in this environment and getting hurt. But every once in a while we start to remember that we're greater than this spacesuit. We are infinite and we have an infinite access to the cloud, which is the all that is, which is quantum consciousness. And once you get the, the feeling state down of being able to access that, like we were talking to Dave earlier about having that feeling state when he knows he's going to, when he's going to travel with the folks, he knows, right? Like tonight, it's the same thing. When you have a feeling state and you can literally start to program that within your conscious awareness of being able to access that stream of universal consciousness, quantum consciousness, you start to be able to um, pull forth uh, or extract data that is important to what you were working with. And suddenly synchronicities happen everywhere for you and things start to fall in place. Now, how does that apply to the work that I do with people? Well, as John said, I teach them how to relax in a certain way. And, and my way is, um, it's kind of radical because I make sure that people learn how to do a few practices. I'm, a, I'm also a yogi and uh, I bring in some yogic, some ancient yogic practices, which I think were given to us by interdimensional beings before humans ever came on. But you practice these certain techniques and it opens up your ability to access the cloud or quantum consciousness, the cosmic mind. And once we have that connection, then in a session, I help you program yourself to remember that feeling state and then be able to practice using it to continue to access, even when you're not paying attention to it. What some people would call um, coincidence or even more enlightened people might call synchronicity, none of those are by accident. They are absolutely on purpose And you are directing all of it from the cloud because you are the cloud and you're streaming it into this operating system, which then upgrades the spacesuit, by the way, your DNA gets enhanced, things get switched back on that are latent, and suddenly you start to have more abilities that you notice, or you start to have an expanded way of perceiving things however you want to explain it, it causes, how shall I put this? Um, There's a lot of catharsis sometimes that happens, but it's not terribly, it's not uncomfortable. It's just kind of third person. It's like you're watching a movie, but you're able to report it. You're able to understand it. You're able to uh, integrate it and then healing begins. And then as you're becoming more and more healed internally, you go out into the world and you start to spread a new vibration, which I believe is how we change the world for the better. And we all kind of uh, achieve an elevated or an expanded way of being. Dave, you got something?
1: I'm just sitting back listening, man, and, you know, letting it all sink in because in the end, you know, we all want to find out kind of what is happening with us and why it's happening with us. And that is something I'm not sure any experiencer right now could answer, Deb. You know, why me? Why is this happening to me? Whether, Whether it started at seven years old or whether it started at 38 years old or for some people, 50 years old. We all want to know why.
7: Well, from hundreds, dare I say thousands of sessions with people and and interactions with people too. Just everyday conversations that are now happening because people are starting to uh, all uh, become coherent in the higher levels of this energetic state. From what I'm learning, um, why me? It's because it is you. And it is you trying to wake, it's it's like, I call it my big, but some people call it higher self, whatever you want to call it. I call it my big self or my big. My big is trying to shake me to death, not really, but shake me up, to wake me up, to understand that there's no separateness. The beings who come and, and, and take you on your travels, Dave, are the same beings who are you on other frequencies these other realities are merely different frequencies of your own existence and they're trying to get you to see a broader scope of of what life is now some of it may feel really uncomfortable or you may not even want to do it because you're just not used to it. You don't understand it there. You know, like when John was a little boy, he didn't understand what all that was about. And he was terrified and terrified terrifying for his, almost his whole life until he had that experience where he could see it clearly and, and make that connection. And I can't speak for John, but I feel like that's what happened. I know that's what happens with my clients in these sessions
3: i want to say uh, uh that i felt really privileged really privileged when i had Debs do my regression because unlike what she's saying now in my regressions i got answers all three stages unlike many i got answers I knew why I wanted to be be all the stuff. I sat in Neil Armstrong's seat and flew to the moon inside his body. And I knew every detail of everything. I knew every switch on the Apollo capsule. I was him.
7: It was remarkable. Then
3: then I learned how we as humanity came into being. I saw it with my own two eyes, I knew why we are here. I knew what was going on and it was magnificent. And finally, I knew my purpose. My purpose was to help do the things Deb's hoping will do. I won't be the th- person that does it all, but I'm gonna help. And that has to be enough. I make a contribution, to helping Lala. We both make contributions. The two of you make contributions. Dave makes a contribution. And collectively working together, we will do what Debs calls raise the frequency. And it is quantum because as you promote uh, an electron from an inner shell to an outer shell, you raise its (laughs) energy and you raise its frequency. frequency. Because the photon that's emitted or absorbed is higher in frequency at the higher energy. This is completely analogous to what people are saying when they're raising their frequencies, why I know deep down inside there's this deep inner connection between the quantum field of consciousness and quantum field theory for matter and energy. So we're going to get there. We're going to figure some stuff out and make it work. But I know it's the same si- si- type of math equations or thought processes or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's just it's just a great thing to be to feel honored. be told and so i just want to tell the audience what my experience was like because so so they understand kind of what devs does is you go through three doors and uh, you, you you come in and out of your orb and you go through three doors you have three experiences my first one was where did i want to go well i wanted to be neil armstrong i sat in his seat and i went to the moon and i flew back and I remember, I was, went back and looked at the tape. I was, oh, Neil was this stone faced guy who never showed emotion. I was bawling and crying my eyes out because oh, I was so filled with emotion. So inside, he was very emotional because it was the dream of a lifetime. He had his life achievement and he never flew again. He never went again. Okay, so then, then uh, we just went from there. So when we come back, we'll continue with other things. Uh, uh, Dave, what do we got, one minute?
1: we got about 45 seconds.
3: Okay, great. So I just want to say to to people when we come back, uh, John and Debs are going to interact on how their process worked and uh, because we want to hear about the two of them and how, uh, how John made the movie, how Debs played a role in the movie. And the movie is wonderful. We really want to promote the movie because in so doing, we will promote both of their activities. And I'm going to tell people here, please don't be foolish. Don't fail to watch this movie if you care about this subject.
1: And on that note, we're Thanks. through one hour here on Space Note Radio's Feature Science, Bob. And friends with Dr. Bob McGuire, formerly of Virginia Tech University and your favorite alphabet government agency, as well as our special guest tonight, movie maker, guy with great hair, John Yost, and a lady with fantastic hair, Deb Shakti. We will be back with more Spaced Out Radio, your questions in hour number two as well. Science Bob and Friends continues. On Spaced Out Radio, right after this. All right, we're clear.
3: So, Debs, thanks for pointing out to me the the uh, stuttering of my video. I turned what? off the virtual background and the stuttering stopped.
7: It's, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah it's, a, it's very
1: science bobbish now.
3: It is.
7: Is it okay for me to. Slip out for just a second. Oh yeah, or is that gonna okay? I'll be
1: right back. What do you got there, Filthy? Look,
9: like I Bob's buddies floating around in his backyard on camera.
3: <laughs> I mean, Filth is Filth has seen all these videos and 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 pictures and other stuff. I mean, we're like literally we. We went out to a field near our home. That's a quarter mile from our home. We just parked the truck on the side of the road, open the door. Lala says, oh, please come. We miss you. We want, to, we want to see you. And we stick our camera out the window and this gigantic, massive orb flies over, lights up the truck and ground. And I see it and I throw my camera out and I get this picture. And people can go on Facebook or Twitter and see the picture of this gigantic orb flying over the truck. And in the background, you see this little streak where this other little thing flows through. I have no idea what they are, but I'm telling you what, that picture is absolutely magnificent. And then another time we did out there, we saw these energy beings. They're uh, people call them rods. You take a look at these pictures and you know they're not a moth. <laughs> and then we got another one where they claim their moths so their wings do like this and the frame rate on the camera is wrong well moths don't do this so we have <laughs> one that has six wings on one side and three on the other a moth is not asymmetrical <laughs> <laughs> so i mean you know the old the old uh, math brain sits there and pokes holes in their arguments. Yeah. Uh, not, not that I really need to. I don't really care to do it anymore. I just put the picture up there. You enjoy it or you don't. Yeah. I'm not arguing with them.
7: I'm loving Dirty Phil's cartoon today. It's so okay. beautiful. Thanks, tips Always. And, you know, it's <clears throat> it's like the movie. It carries a vibrational state. It carries a message and energy and every one of those that you do puts an energy out into the, out into the world, so thank you
9: mm-hmm. I just kind of go into a trance, and the next thing I know i got a drawing finished
7: so remarkable every time I watch you do it I'm just in awe and I look at mine every day thank you again
3: yes, Phil, I'm very very grateful for these pieces of art
6: oh, I got oh. a special present for you, Bob
3: that's uh, great, I love it, brother and I'm making your moth on my new 3D printer when it arrives next week.
7: Woo-hoo. Oh, that's
9: so cool! Thanks, Bob.
3: Oh man, it's an Bob honor.
7: Bob has all the toys. He well, we want to we
3: want to do stuff with that 3D printer for our our current stuff we're doing. Cool. Top
8: secret stuff?
3: No, no, no. There's no nothing top secret in my life now. So. Before, I was half hidden. I had the regression, and now I'm out in the open. I don't care who sees it. I'm taking everything we find and just showing it to everybody.
7: Bob's out. He's way out of the closet.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm out. I'm out from under the cover. And I promise you, they'll never let me back in. They took my clearance away. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
7: <laughs> Their loss.
3: Oh, it is their loss, but, you know, I'll have fun with all this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I am so excited about the final pieces of the Jimmy Blanchett stuff arriving in the week next week and the radio stuff going together and the two of us start broadcasting and then seeing with all of our friends, uh, can we guess what they're saying or feel what they're saying, put it into the computer, and the next time it sees it, it translates as, as mm-hmm. that. And, and we can send something they can understand, which they can instantly. We don't even need the transmitter, but we're trying to convince the rest of humanity that right. that they can do it too, even though we know we don't need the transmitter. Lala sits there and she goes, will you please run around in mm-hmm. circle? And they come out and they do this mm-hmm. in a circle. Like, Same. like, you don't know, like, you know, bugs can, they can do circles and go backwards and forwards and 90 degree <laughs> turns and all this other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was just, it's just kind of amazing to watch. Yep. <laughs> all right. The first, the first time she met me, she handed me a pendulum. She told me to close my eyes and to make it do this and do that.
7: Mm-hmm. So
3: she, she says, and it did. Yeah.
7: It's, it's just energy. It's your consciousness. Yeah you just transferred it to the to the mechanism of the pendulum that's why yeah. pendulums work
0: yeah
1: uh, Jeremy in the chat room what do you mean by hold gear some soR hold gear in the store what does that mean I don't know All right metal gaming how you doing? Deb, thank you for the super chat. Very much appreciate it. All right. Big thank you to Pam, Bob, Dennis, Lori, Obi, and Deb for the super chats. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So thank you so, so much. And uh, Dirty Filth, you're looking good down there, man. Looking good. Here comes our number two, everybody. We're going to have a good time here. If you have any questions, put them in capital letters. Here we go. Uh
2: you're listening to spaced out radio with dave scott follow dave on twitter at spaced out radio and on facebook spaced out radio show
1: Hour number two of spaced out radio is now underway thank you so much for taking the time to join us we very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call earth hello to everyone Listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio Talk Stream Live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club, Wastel. Wastel is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire. check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Hour number two of Science Bob and Friends with Dr. Bob McGuire. Yeah, he is from your favorite alphabet agencies and Virginia Tech University. John Yost and Deb Shakti are our special guests tonight. We're talking all things quantum, all things alien, and all things woo. Science Bob, it's been a good show so far.
3: Okay, great. So Anonymous Rex asks in our chat room, John, I already know the answer, but I'm going to let you answer it, of course, since we're here to interview you. uh, Are you doing
4: another film on this subject? I um, well, first of all, thank you very much for the question. Um, this, this, this subject is like eating an elephant. You, you can't eat it in one bite, right? And so I kind of felt that this was a catharsis for me. I wanted peace doing this film and I was hoping I was going to take you know the viewer and myself from a place of ignorance and fear to some sort of understanding of peace. And what happened was I got to the end of the film. And I realized there was so much more. See, this whole, this whole experience and the things that you and Deb are talking about, I feel like I'm a mental midget among giants. I, I, I kind of translate into um, the common parlance of uh, of my viewer, and what I try to do is, I try to tell stories that will help them understand these very very high concepts. And so, wh- what what happened to me was this, and I think this is what this whole abduction thing is part and parcel about, one of the things that prevents us from understanding quanta and being in touch with this field is this ego, this idea of control, this idea of separation. And these interactions literally crush that ego. When you realize that you are not in control of that particular situation, you lose your mind a little bit. And, but but what happens is, is there's a very interesting ancillary to that because you realize for the first time in your life that there is more, there is other. One of the things I posit at the end of the film is I say, you know, what is it about these bright, shiny lights in the sky that make me want to feel more, that make me want to be a better person? It doesn't make any sense. There's no, it's like a non sequitur, right? And And what it is, is, is that you start to realize that all of us are interconnected. You know, I don't care what kind of, say, uh, faith tradition you're from. You know, you have... uh...
8: Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR. Time. Talent. Benefits. Payroll. ADP. Always designing for people. Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people
4: let's just say, very, very religious people. You have agnostic people and you have, you know, materialistic people. But, you know, even if you think of it as Big Bang or you think of it as a creator God, every particle in every one of us is from that same source. We're either that same stardust that came from that Big Bang or we're the same sliver of God in each one of us, right? Right. What it is, is, and Whitley Strieber is part of this film too, he says something very, I think, very poignant. He says, we are all in our base profoundly equal, profoundly important, profoundly part of each other. And so what happened was at the end of this film, I went, I haven't said anything. All I've done is I've, I've, I've overcome this fear. But what, what do I do with that? So the first film is called Alien Abduction Answers, and I'm I'm raising funds now for the second film of what I hope will be a trilogy. The second film is called Alien Abduction Awareness. The idea is, is that after you overcome your fear and you have some sort of enter- understanding, you need to take that information and you need to integrate it because facts are not wisdom. And wisdom comes with ability to you know, manipulate the information and to use it, to apply it. And so I'm in that kind of world now where I've been confronted by this. I've overcome that basic fear. There's still an emotional tinge to everything, but there's more to learn and there's more to gain and there's more to do. And so that's what the second film is about is about taking us from that sense of understanding to some sense of integration of that information, then hopefully a third film called Alien Abduction Ascension. And, and, you know, Deb keeps saying woo, and I don't mean woo by that. Once again, all of my work is for the lowest common denominator and the highest brilliant mind. It's about us. I say always. My film is not about the shiny lights in the sky because that's not the only facet of it. It's about you. It's about me. It's about us. It's about our consciousness. It's about our species. It's about our minds and our souls. So the next, the third one would be ascension. And what that means is this. I don't care who you are. I don't care what kind of education you've had. I don't care what your origin is or your religious belief. We have a shared experience of being born here of bumping our heads, of crawling, of being a toddler, of walking and eventually running. And so after that integration of information, now what do we do? You, I mean, look at this screen. All of you are past that. You you have not only integrated this information, but now you're pouring it out into the world, you're doing something about it. There are many people who are casual observers who might find this a curiosity and sit back on their sofa and say, boy, that's an interesting thought uh, exercise, but never take the next step to wisdom and then to action. And so that's what it is. So to answer your question, I'm raising funds right now for the second film and it's proving difficult, but yes, sir, (laughs) or yes, ma'am.
3: Okay, so I want to make one comment, and then we'll move on to the next thing. You said something that's profound, and I want to give you a scientist' perspective on this, what you said.: Yes sir, this is science Bob show, every electron, every photon, every proton, every neutron, every gluon, etc., cetera, etc, cetera, you can't tell one of them from the other. They're all absolutely identical. What does it matter that it's arranged into a uh, blue person or a red person or uh, a, a loving person or an angry person? We're all made of the same stuff. And the higher, the higher uh, weight stuff came from stars, the stars that blew up. They're, they're the worst imaginable destructive events in the cosmos are what made us. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you take the most randomizing event possible and the bigger atoms in our body came from that massive destruction. So out of chaos comes beauty because the, hum, the light of human consciousness is something I hope we never lose. We are, we, ha- we hang on the precipice all the time of losing it, <clears throat> and it's something we don't want to lose because we are star stuff. We are all, each of us, no matter what entity we are, made of the same ergs of energy, the same particles, no matter what form they take. And that is, if you take that in and listen to it, it's profound. I mean, it's just amazing. We are all, each and every entity with a consciousness made out of the same stuff. So, John, I really want to thank you for that perspective. That was wonderful. So, Debs, um, when, when you were in your early childhood, I'm sure you had a standout event that said to you, wow, I am really different. Can you give us an example?
7: Oh. Every day of my of my childhood, <laughs> uh, I will say um, I had uh, many. And the earliest one, I think, I was three, where I literally had you know little beings outside my window asking me to come out and play in the middle of the night. That uh, I called space monkeys. Now I recognize were you know the pretty much traditional gray uh, beings. But when I was nine, we moved. we moved all over the country because of my dad's job in the, first in the military and then the justice department. But uh, we moved to Georgia. and uh, there was this and you see this in the film, uh, the story's told, but uh, my brother, who was a year younger than I, uh, woke me up in the middle of the night. When I was nine, he was eight and said "There's the forest is in, on fire. We we live by a forest, and uh, we have to go out there. And, you know, it's just crazy. Why would little kids leave their house, especially a house that was ruled by very, you know, strict parents uh, in the middle of the night and go running out into the forest when you think there's a forest fire? It was just outrageous. But we did, and we ran out there, and what we saw was a huge mothership and there was sound and there were lights and uh, the things on the ground, like the twigs and the pine cones were um, levitating. Um, And I, I believe it was, you know, at that moment I realized I don't, Think everybody has this kind of experience and indeed you know the next morning um you know when we woke up and my brother said we can't ever tell anybody because we'll get in trouble uh, after that he didn't ever want to talk about it again and still it uh, says oh it was just a, we just had we just had a weird dream like we both had the same dream <laughs> right so um so even he, and he and I are super close, super close, love him with my whole heart and soul. But even though we're super close, um, we still are different in our perspective of things. Um, so, you know, that, that was a, a moment when I realized I'm, I'm not quite the same as everybody else that I'm around, Later I did find other people who are just like that like Lala Lala's Lala bright is a extremely gifted psychic and energy person um she is not of she's she's definitely more connected to the star stuff than most humans are so um you know they're out there but uh, and there are more people uh, starting to come online we all have these abilities by the way we are all part of this huge phenomenon, but most of us, uh, our capabilities have been dormant. They've been, um, the little switches in our DNA have been turned to the off position so we could have a viable human experience. But now we've squeezed the blood out of that turn and we're ready to move on, onward and upward and outward and inward. Uh, so they're starting to come back on, and we're starting to see, you know, goodness, back in the seventy, late seventies, early eighties, the first time I ever heard the word channeling, I was blown away. I'm like, oh, that's, that's what I experience, but I'd never heard that word before. Now everybody channels. You talk to anybody in a at a party, somebody at that party will say, oh, I channel. You know, like it's nothing. Uh or energy work. Oh yeah, I took a Reiki class and now I, I help people heal. You know? It's starting it's that hundredth monkey thing, you know, where you hit a certain percentage of of a population who learn something new or rediscover something new and then suddenly the whole starts to come into coherency with that. Again, quantum entanglement.
3: Yeah, so uh, d- just let me let me give the audience an example of how you can see in your everyday life living with people like uh, you and Lala and others. And so Dave called tonight.
8: Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR. Time. Talent. Benefits. Payroll. ADP. Always designing for people. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people.
3: We talk about something, and Lala says, well, you know, Dave, I I see this. And then Dave comes back having talked to another one of these people, and the two of them have seen exactly the same thing. And then we talk to you, and you've seen the same thing as both of them. Now, there are little tiny variances, but each of you brought a different perspective. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of amazing. Each of you brought a different perspective, but it's exactly the same narrative from three different people.
7: Right. I like to tell my clients and students this. My view of this is you, we are an infinitely faceted, perfect jewel, holographic jewel. And each facet is a point perspective. My facet sees life from my viewpoint and your facet sees life from your vo- viewpoint and we, and we share it holographically um, and yet we are all part of the same thing. We're all seeing the same thing but from different points of perspective. Some are slightly different. Some are so vastly different that we don't even feel connected to what another person is saying. You know, I I will share this this recording later with some people and and some people will say, "Wow, that's exactly my experience or that's quite like my experience." And others will say, "That woman is crazy as a loon." <laughs> and that's okay because that's the viewpoint they're looking at at life from in that moment. And none of them are wrong.
3: So I want to tell something to the, to the audience. Uh, you, you, and I want you to give your webpage. Uh, so Debs has a webpage. You can go on this webpage and you can see a video of Debs where she's doing something on this thing. And la and I were looking at it, and we're going, wait a minute there's this little thing flying right, right across in front of Debs. There's a bloody fairy. And so, right there, go look at this video and you will see a fairy flying in front of Debs on this video that she has on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, you too can wake up and see reality. Now, I want to ask two more things uh, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll move on. So, Debs you have what i call i consider you your emotional intelligence as high as anyone's i've ever met it's amazing now emotional intelligence is your ability to do interact with people's personalities and emotions etc in a genius-like way if you have a really high emotional iq whereas other people i can do math with the best of them and physics so I have a high IQ over that and my emotional intelligence is still needs working on. Okay. So when, when did you know or feel that you had this emotional intelligence and did you have it from the beginning or did you develop it?
7: I never knew I had it until you just said it. Actually.
3: <laughs> but you do. I have. was
7: not aware. Okay, um, so no, I mean, I just it's just, I mean, it's,
3: it's just kind is. of amazing how you uh, you list, We, you and I have a bunch of synchronicities and it's in our relationship. In that we both love Abraham Maslow, okay. and we know that humanity ought to live by the hierarchy of needs. And if we did, everybody on the planet would be better off if we okay. all live by Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. All right, so let's not let's stop, go read it, audience. Okay, so um, the the the. Uh, the, the, the the other thing I want to remind the audience of is there is, since this is science, Bob, there is a technical paper by Donald Hoffman that says the things that you were saying, and they are proven using a mathematical theorem. And the mathematical theorem says the following. With these senses and these, this body and this brain connecting to the consciousness... What Deb says is each facet sees things from a different perspective. Hoffman has proven this mathematically because we can't all be seeing things from a different perspective and actually be seeing reality. And Hoffman has proven that entities that evolve seeing reality are selected against. Entities that have evolved like we are to see the things that help us live longer, reproduce quicker, and survive happier and better, we are better off in the evolutionary system. Mm-hmm. So this so what does that say? Well, I'll give it to you in layman's terms. We all live in the matrix, yes. whether you like it or not. So, uh, Debs, you, I know you're aware of Hoffman's thinking, but yes. what, 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 what was your thinking? The first time you read Hoffman and say, I already knew that was right.
7: It was just, you know, more than anything, I smiled because I thought, oh, there's at least one other human being who feels the same way I do. This is nice. And and then it also validated my compulsion ever since I was a small child to study science because science helps me explain the things that are natural to me and others. Mm-hmm.
1: Dave? Yeah. We got about two minutes. Let's get to a couple audience questions here. At least sneak one in here, and let's go to Stargazer. Do you think people are more subject to abductions while in REM sleep, two a.m. to four a.m.?
7: Yeah, I do because they're less analytical and they're more able to connect to the the quantum mind.
1: What do you think, John?
4: I think the reason that all of this activity is around all of us is because we have switched off those filters that, in fact, we are screaming out at the universe the language that is understood. If you were in the middle of Thailand and you heard somebody screaming out English in the middle of a marketplace, you'd be attracted to that because that would be the only person speaking English in Thailand. I think what happens is when our intentions are turned towards this or our filters are turned off. So in REM sleep, we are more in contact with that, that consciousness, and that is a conduit for contact.
1: Makes a lot of sense. Like
3: like, like language is
4: universal. It really is. Yes. If you notice, if you notice a lot of objectees will talk about how Many times communication is not verbal; it's emotional, it's light, it's it's feeling, it's intention. Because everybody understands what fear is, everybody understands what love is, everybody understands urgency. Everybody.
3: Yep. So I, I'm, Deb's has, and I know all of this, She looks at the patterns these things draw in the sky when they fly over us, and she gets something out of it.
2: Yep.
3: And she, yeah. And she she and in return she
1: says, "Okay, I see you." Uh, do this for me and they do it's pretty amazing Dave Science Bob and friends we got Science Bob along with John Yost and Deb Shakti until the top of the hour about another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio we're having a lot of fun tonight we'll take your questions we'll continue on talking about aliens abduction the science behind it what do we really know Nothing. But some of us tonight will go for a ride unexpectedly. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. This is our resident Foo Fighter, underscore Matty.
3: Another, another rapid and wonderful half hour. And see, we're, we're
1: helping underscore Maddie. That's good. Doesn't he look like Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters? He does.
7: Yeah. My favorite band.
1: <laughs> yeah. There goes my, my hero. Watch him anything as he that, goes. Anything
3: that Dave Grohl is in is my favorite. <laughs> yeah.
7: Times like these, my favorite song. So.
3: Yeah, I'm, I've got to tell you, I'm a little more an alternative guy. I've got Tool or Deftones oh. or.
7: Same.
3: Uh, all, all, all the time.
7: Yeah. YouTube
3: YouTube music is the greatest invention ever. It's
7: wonderful. It is. Mhm. Mhm.
1: Yeah, I I I did something really really funny. At least I thought it was funny today. Uh I was this morning before I went to work, uh my uh, my daughter was uh uh on FaceTime with me, uh you know, my grandson, and my grandson started acting up. He's only like two months old. Aww. So I'm like, hey, buddy. I said, are you mad? I said, you play this, you sing this with Grandpa for for Mom and Dad and everybody who's listening. And it was that uh, uh, song, Well, what's the girl's name? Hold on, I got it right here. But you know that F you and your mom and your sister and your dog and your, <laughs> yeah, that one. I, I'm such a jerk. I got it, and I got, a, cr- I got a, I got, I got a cranked right. What a
7: fun
1: grandpa! Oh yeah, yeah. I, I sent, I sent I the baby's overalls. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs>
7: yeah.
1: yeah, that Gail, that ABCDEFU song, that one. Yeah. That one I played for Like, come on, sing it with grandpa here. I don't think my daughter was impressed, but that's okay.
5: That's the ease at which you get information. You're always connected and informed. So if you're diabetic and still using old technology and finger sticks, what are you waiting for? US Med carries the highest quality continuous glucose monitors which provide real-time readings of blood glucose levels. US Med is an approved provider for Medicare and over 500 private insurers. Visit usmed.com/radio today. That's usmed.com/radio today and manage your diabetes as easy as oh, oh, oh.
2: O'Reilly. Protect your engine with Syntec Full Synthetic Motor Oil at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Syntec is designed for today's engines to dissipate heat and reduce friction and wear. Get five parts of Syntec Full Synthetic and a MicroGuard Select Oil Filter for just $33.99, plus two times O rewards points. Choose Syntec, available exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: You, I know this yeah song. yeah that one I like that song yep
7: I sing it in traffic a lot
1: <laughs> that's one way
3: to get your aggression out without going into road rage <laughs> mm.
8: oh
4: goodness oh goodness I'll pick on you
3: the next half hour John.
4: Sir, I'm just enjoying the ride. It, it is a, a real, real pleasure to be with all of you. I, 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 I adore Deb's and and Bob. You know how grateful I am to you. God bless you. Oh, you're
3: you, you, uh, my gratitude. Bless you. My gratitude to you. I don't know how to get there. I mean, so yeah.
4: Well, I'm Same a, I'm a hugger. I'm a hugger. So you're going to see me, and I'm going to really? hug you, big guy. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready
7: to be Talk about talk about that.
1: Nothing movie. more than nothing feelings. more than feelings. hmm mm-hmm.
7: John's a good singer, by the way. No. He'll he'll <laughs> he'll croon you to death.
1: Love it. <laughs> Love it. Oh until
4: you throw things at me. Then <laughs> I'll shut I'm, up.
3: I, I think John. I think John and I have agreed to sing some Buffalo Springfield in San. Francisco. Oh
4: baby.
7: Oh my. That's right. Oh, I
3: touched. I connect. touched the button there, didn't I, Bob? You did, man. You. Well, I knew every word. I know you coach, did. The minute you said it, I hadn't heard in over twenty years. That's right, man. I'm telling you, that's the music right there. There's a song for every situation.
0: Yes. Yes, sir.
4: Yes, sir.
3: And, you know, Grant Cameron's book on downloads of music coming to the major artists, you know it happens all the time. Oh, oh yeah. Every day. I, got, I get downloads of, of math and engineering, but other people get music. Yeah. I get
1: nothing. I'm boring. <laughs>
7: Phil gets art, you know. Yeah, let's see a
1: Dirty uh, yep. made yeah. for us tonight here. Hold on. That's
7: so amazing. Orbs, yay!
1: That's great.
7: Orbs are trolling Bob's
4: camera.
3: There you go. Yeah, trolling
8: Bob's camera at his house.
3: There you go. There's (laughs) there's my camera, and it has the it has the little Wi-Fi antenna on top, just like mine does.
5: That was so awesome.
3: Bravo, brother. That's great, Phil. That's amazing.
5: Have a good night, boils and ghouls. I'll see you later.
1: See you, dirty Phil.
5: Love. All right. There's Bye. dirty
1: filth. Dirty filth. Uh, I, I want to say, say thank you to. Oh, we're getting a lot of feedback here. Somebody have something on there? Um, all right. That's thank mislava. you tonight to Pam H, Bob, Dennis, Lori, Obi, Deb, Marty, Rob, Matty, and Lala for the super chats. La, 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 la. La, 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 la. And here we go, everyone. Next half hour. Right now, let's do it. Okay, here it comes. Here. We passed the halfway point of space now radio tonight. So glad you're with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. You can listen on Spotify. You can listen on Apple iTunes, any major podcast form. We are there, darn it. Check it on out. Make sure you hit subscribe as well. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced out Radio. Here we go. Final time for Science Bob and friends. Dr. Bobbert McGuire is with us, a.k.a. Science Bob. And yeah, we love his. When Bob is here, we also have our special guest, Deb Shakti and John Yost. Of Science Bob, let's kick it off with a couple audience questions here. Let's go to fellow go scientist on. Eric Markham. What we consider solid matter is mostly interstitial space between atoms. Is this correct?
3: That is correct. And the reason the atoms stay apart and you, all of us, can sit on these chairs is the Pauli exclusion principle which keeps all of us uh, together and not crashing through into nothingness. So Eric is completely correct.
1: All right, move on to Raz. Can I get myself a crash retrieval admittance by the government before we all turn to dust?
3: So unfortunately, Raz, the, the problem is you'd have to get a admittance from the private corporations where the government chose to hide all of it in their basements, so the F- F- Freedom of Information Act could never find out the information. We've been lied to, Raz. Are you shocked?
1: I called it. I called it. I'm just letting Bob know, because I like it uh, when I get to tell Bob I'm right every once in every in a blue moon. <laughs> he was right, and I was wrong. I called it, though.
3: So, so, so for, for, for now. For
1: now. <laughs> I called it. You can't take that away, Sides, Bob. Ever. No, 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 no,
3: Ever. We are not,
1: we are, we, we are not
3: getting the Roswell files uh, immediately. It's going to be years. Oh, yeah. Okay, can we go to a question? Or you got another
1: uh, No, we are. Oh, there is one more. Let's go to Eugene in Philadelphia. What was the name of Ultraman's dinosaur enemy?
7: Oh, my I have, I have no
1: idea. I'm way no too bold to remember that. Hold on. Now, yeah. Ultraman's dinosaur. Ultraman's dinosaur. I thought he
4: fought many dinosaur enemies. All
1: right. Maybe Hold he needs the species. There is Mmm. Who else? Uh, the giant Terranodon Gorgosaurus. Iza Mikasa, Dragon. Oh, yeah. He was all over the place. Uh, all right. So, so let, let, let's – uh, Hold on. We got, got one, one? More. Yeah, We got another one here. Okay, this forward. one from Mark. Do you think we will get all the answers on the other side? Deb, let's get your opinion on that.
7: Yeah, the answers are already there. All answers are already there. They all exist forever. And we have access to it you don't have to wait till you go to the other side to do that some of the work we do together um, allows you to access that what I call the cloud so yeah
1: very nice take it away Bob okay
3: so, so John you've uh, made a movie about experiences and you want to go to uh, Revelation and then Ascension so uh are you having ongoing experiences and if so what can you describe them to the to the audience and if you don't feel feel comfortable
4: no i I'm, yes sir i would be happy to um, i think that I think the biggest problem in the whole world is people don't tell the truth right. so i uh i, I, re- I really uh, to tell the truth to themselves and tell the truth to everybody else uh that's that's actually one of the things that that I was healed of you know during my life, I lied many, many times. I mean, people, I, I still bear the mark on my body. And, you know, I made up all kinds of lies about, uh, you know, I got shot, I got uh, hit by lightning, a shark bit me, um, somebody stabbed me. And uh, what this has done to me is it's kind of made me a, a very, very honest guy. So uh, I thank you for the question. The, um, I, I, you know, people have these revelations. They have these things that happen to them. And, you know, you, you have this mistake. We're such a push-button culture. You think you flip a button and everything is fine. But there's a process. Mm-hmm. And I, I genuinely kind of thought, okay, well, look, you know, this, these were situations that happened to me as a kid. And I had a really, really incredible situation happen to me in Revelation. And I made the movie and I thought, ah, finny. There we are. And what happened was I was I don't want to say spanked, but I was definitely shaken into uh, a realization that this was not the end. It was absolutely the beginning. Um, I, I thought all my experiences were over, but what I've, and I've shared some things with Debs and, and we're talking about the next film and stuff like this but uh, for example for example one one um, I've worked at the same place for over 13 years and it takes an hour and 10 minutes, hour 12 minutes to get there. It does not take three hours it does not take three and a half four or five hours. It doesn't take those things um, ending up in places that I, I probably, I have no idea where I am. this sort of thing um I I have a uh, I don't live in a very nice area to share with you and uh, so I've had for many many years a lot of security on my home. And so how I get outside in the middle of the night with all the doors sealed and locked in alarms that's an interesting thing and I don't we're going to explore that as well. Um also, um, some things that I haven't talked to Debs about. What's occurred is, is that this, um, this cracking of this egg, the shell that I have protected myself from, now that it's open and I'm starting to assimilate the information for myself, what's happening is there are floods of information coming to me about other occasions and other things that have occurred in my life. And I am completely gobsmacked because once again, I had this idea that, okay, well, the film is over and that's all there is to it. And they're done with me. I've teased a lot. I say, you know, I'm a dud, you know, they threw me back. I was too small, you know, I was a small fish, but there's more work to be done. And I think, I think it all boils down to this. Um, The example I gave, you know, once you are tuned, you know all all of you were talking about quanta and how we are this receiver and this sort of thing. I, I often think of us in in layman terms as 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 a radio. You know, and this radio itself is a receiver. There aren't little people in it that speak out of a speaker. This is picking up waves, energy, and you know people could scoff at that. Five hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, they would scoff. But the idea is that you have to. Power it, and then after you power it, you have to tune it. And as soon as you tune it, then you can't help but hear. You cannot help but hear. And so, yes, sir. Uh, beyond all per my <laughs> my adventures continue.
3: Yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, I got to Virginia Tech. I got into uh, the Hume Center for National Security Technology and I heard from the inside that stuff was about to start coming out because I was on the inside. So I saw Chris Bledsoe interviewed by Richard Dolan and I picked up the phone. No, I I wrote him an email and said, Chris, you know, I'm only an hour and a half away. I'm a scientist. You're having a lot of really bad problems on the on the social media, convincing people this stuff is real. He says, come over. Let me see what I can do about some instruments and help you. So I went over, and it rained for three days, I think. <laughs> the rain was arranged so he could tell me his entire life story from beginning to that moment. <laughs> and, I mean, he told me everything. It was like he just knew I was the right person to tell. I mean, he held nothing back. I know yeah. stuff he still hasn't told. Okay, so anyway. And I'm not going to. But it, but So we went outside. The, the last night I was there it was clear. And boom, two 40-foot orbs fly right over our head. And I knew at that moment my perspective had changed. But I went, okay, Chris has these episodes. I, that's not me, but maybe I can help him. So I go home. And I immediately began having episodes. Mm-hmm. I had uh apports of water thrown in my face i mean wow. uh miraculous healings and then i picked up the phone i says okay chris i says i got a hitchhiker came home and i'm going to help you the way i said it is the first thing i want to do is help you getting ready for ufo con 2020 so we went out there to ufo con 2020 and i meet dave
9: <laughs> okay.
3: Okay. So uh, then, uh, and then, just my last little piece is uh, Lala's uh, boyfriend was named Dave, and Dave was into the stuff that she was into. So she listened to Dave on the radio, and then, and and in, on the internet because Dave was her her dead boyfriend, and. Dave had listened to the things, he, and so here she is. And then she knew Science Bob was on here, and she offered me a reading when my mother died, and here we are. These little synchronicities, they force you to open your mind once you've been exposed. And your brain is tuned, exactly like you say, to see these synchronicities when they happen. That yes, you- sir. Take it away, buddy.
1: No, I I agree with you, Bob. I mean, you know, one of the things that I find very interesting about the whole phenomena is the synchronicities that many people have. You know, whether it's seeing the exact same things or play out. Look, nobody's perfect. You know, and I think the skeptics to all of this tend to believe that, you know, Deb, if I call the number 10, you need to call the number 10. Not 9.9, but 10. Bob needs to call 10, not 10.1 and John you're way down at the bottom when you're calling a four. I mean, you know, you know what i'm saying? <laughs> but uh, but the point that i'm meaning is this. You're not going to be right all the time. You're not going to be 100% accurate. If you have somebody who is there and you can get 80%, 70% accuracy, 85%, that's pretty damn good when right. you have a bunch of different people looking into a potential situation whether it's contact whether it's paranormal or something supernatural going on and three or four people are seeing the exact same thing or close to it i mean science would die for 85% results on most experiments that they take part in
4: you know dave i i'm sorry to jump in bob yeah. but one of the things that i've been i've been sharing with people is this you know i'm a uh, I'm in my late 50s, and so I, I I sometimes, you know, get a chuckle out of the younger generation when they talk about my truth. You know, back in our day, you know, if you said my truth, that meant, you know, you had an opinion that no one else shared. Um, and I used to I used to kind of cringe at that. But then after these experiences and the way I've been thinking about things, I, I think about it in terms like this, and Deb's heard me say this a thousand times. You know, it reminds me of that old... Chestnut, you know, you take the three smartest people you know. We take three Bobs and we throw them in a black room and we say, hey, Bobs, what do you see in there? Well, it's completely black. And somebody yells out, well, you know, it's obviously, you know, some sort of a spear. And somebody says, are you crazy? It's, it's It's a whip. And somebody says, no, are you a nut? This is a boulder. And you turn on the light and it's an elephant. Now, each one of these people, we've already determined that they're the smartest people on the planet, right? So it's not like they're fabricating these observations. They're kind of fumbling around in the dark and think about all of the variables there. Number one, they're dealing with something that they can't see and they're using limited senses, okay? Or senses that they're not used to rely on. And they're wrapping their arms around a piece of whatever it is. And to the best of their ability, think about this, they have to take that input in they have to digest it, and then they have to, in the best words they can use, the lexicon they have, convey that information. It doesn't mean they're wrong. In fact, they'd fight you to the death, because it is their truth. It's no, there's no pretense there. It's And once again, what's happened to us as a species, not the four of you, or not the three of you, but we have this idea that this empirical data is identified by us. This is why you have these fights on Twitter. You know, you say, happy Wednesday, and you have a thousand people scream at you and say, what the hell do you have against Tuesday? And then you have another thousand say, you're a Thursday denier. You know, what are we talking about? Why are we fighting? We're fighting about nothing. But this observation, the thing that you talked about and what, what what Deb's talked about, about the different facets and what you talked about, Bob, the mathematical reasoning behind that and the proof of that is that this is a combination. This is an elephant. This is We're testing this without the tools that we feel comfortable with, and we're exploring for the first time, really, in a concerted effort, to try to wrap our arms around this elephant. And we're coming out in these pieces, and they don't seem to jive, but that does not mean they are not empirically true. And that's why my heart is changed about this whole thing.
3: Okay, great. I want to point out that, again, we're talking about quantum uh, transformative. And what does quantum mechanicals, Schrodinger equation, give you? It gives you the probability of where you will find something. Quantum mechanics says God plays dice with the world. (laughs) And every event that you observe it has a probability of being this, 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 or this. This is straight science, the things you're saying. You get the three guys in the room, each of them sees through something because each of them were independent observers and they looked at it, they collapsed the wave function in their own particular perspective. This is all science, but we got to figure out just how to put it in language that both we and scientists can work with so we can build the future sounded okay. smarter when you said it, Bob. Then whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm just telling you how it is. This is this is just science to me. But now I'm living. I'm living both sides of the equation, if you will, the forcing function and the description function.
1: So, mm. <laughs> Deb, I have a qu- I have a question for you, Deb. And here's a scenario um, that played out. Okay, we we see today's UFO community really siding with the nuts and bolts crowd of the government agencies and, and everybody in between. Yet, I'm a firm believer there is something way more than that. Nuts and bolts are such a minimal part of what we are talking about, and I've, I find that frustrating because it usually takes di- discussion and debate to a whole different level. Oh, oh, oh,
2: alright! Count on the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts to recommend the best products for your vehicle and budget. Get maximum cooling system performance for 10 years or 300,000 miles with Peak Long Life Universal Premixed Antifreeze and Coolant. Save $7 after mail-in rebate. Plus, get two times O Rewards points. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Limit supplies. See store for details. <laughs>
8: Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR. Time. Talent. Benefits. Payroll. ADP.
1: Always designing for people. That being said, Tim, who's our UFO guy, when he was in Utah earlier this summer, him and Terry Hall and Scowling Greg O'Brien, they were in a motorhome that was filled with gear and i called terry happened to be 11:11 and i said i need you to point your camera about 11:30 now i'm in british columbia they're in they're in vernal utah
7: mm-hmm.
1: and lo and behold terry moves his camera and there are four ufo's
7: yeah
1: how do we explain the t- the distance of 2,000 miles, I have no idea that it is there. I'm just going by a gut feeling.
0: Hmm.
1: Luck?
7: Well, no. There is no luck. There is quantum consciousness, and we're all part of it, and you tapped into it. I had uh, I, I run a contact group, a CE5 group here in Kansas City. During the pandemic, we couldn't get together, so we did it over Zoom okay, outside, Zooming with each other. And I have people in that group from all over the world and all over the United States and Canada. And we were all seeing, the people, local people, were seeing really fantastic phenomena that night. And we are pointing it out according to the constellations and the directions and everything uh, and the degrees. And that was awesome. And then we had a friend in Pennsylvania saying she saw the same thing from her perspective. And she was getting ready to say something before any of us shouted out, oh, look over there by Orion. So she was chatting and she said, I see something by Orion. It's because... It depends on what your vibrational state is, where you are in your frequency, as to what you are able to attune to. It's just like John said. It's just like Bob and all of us are working with radios and antennas and things like that. We are able to tune our internal transceiver to different things. Now, those who are still in the nuts and bolts community, it's fine. They're in a a different grade of school. You know, you can't teach um, trig to most kindergartners. They have to get some fundamentals first. So these phenomenons show up to people according to where they are on their path. And that means in their vibrational frequency so that they can perceive it in a certain way, accept it, integrate it. And then suddenly new pieces start to come online and they're able to perceive. So I, you know, I don't judge anyone. Sometimes I get a little frustrated because not everybody's, you know, up to speed, but I'm not up to speed with the beings who are interacting with me. They probably can't come a fool, you know? So I just say, you know, have compassion, don't get too frustrated and know that everyone is, learning at their own pace and in their own way. Um, but like John said, we're all getting a piece of the reality. And our purpose, I believe is to help everyone put those pieces together. So we get the whole picture.
3: Love it. Debs, you, can you give us your website, please, before we leave? Oh
7: yeah. It's, uh, it's Debs Shakti.com. I.com. Thank you so much.
3: Do you, do
4: you, John, do you have one? Uh, People can look up um, alien abduction colon answers. If they Google that, they'll find a 1,000 links.
3: Okay, so I want to say one more quantum thing to bore the audience with my science. When these minds come and they bring their perspective, their perspective, they constrain a variable that they want to see. They want to see a nuts and bolts craft so they can get a weapon or an energy feel out of it. Okay, so they constrain it. But what happens in quantum mechanics is if you ex- if you constrain one variable, you blow open the complementary variable, and it can get ugly and energetic big time. If you squeeze it to one thing, the energy field is spread over infinity. infinity. I mean, so if you come down for a weapon, you're going to get bit.
1: Bitten. That's yeah. the way quantum mechanics works. Bitten by science Bob as we wrap up another episode of science, Bob and friends, we love Dr. Bobbert McGuire around here. He's a good friend of this show. Good, good, good friend. You know, can't grow facial hair worth, uh, anything, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you, we love him around here. And thank you, Deb Shakti and John Yost for coming on spaced out radio. Real, real pleasure to have you all here. And, uh, John, can't wait to meet you at UFOCon 2023, along with uh, seeing you again, Woo. Science Bob. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Coming up next on The Big Thank Show, you. as we go into hour number three, Swamp Dweller is back with another spooky story. Then our resident Timbit, little Timmy Senor, gears us up for the UFO report. But he still calls UAPs. Based Out Radio continues after this. Great job, guys. Great job. That was a great show. I'll I give you a so few claps. Josh, I'll give you a few claps. I'll give
7: y'all a Thank you so much. <laughs> Bob, you can talk fun. with
1: them for a couple minutes here. I'll be right back. Maybe we'll sure. check the energy of my...
7: Thanks, oh, David. Sorry. Thanks.
3: Oh, that was wonderful. That was delightful. That was awesome.
7: Thanks so much. And uh, Thanks, Bob. I know she can't hear us now, but Lala just made a, a big donation to Spaced Out Radio. No, she can hear
3: sweet. us. The YouTube part, the YouTube YouTube part, stays live during the break.
7: Cool. Oh, thanks, great. Lala. Thank you, honey. I hope you're feeling better.
3: And she <laughs> she too will be uh, in uh, San Francisco with us. So perfect,
4: perfect. Yeah, Bob. I wasn't prepared when you started to ask me because I'm I'm going to be in Roswell. Um, I'm going to Roswell um, UFO Expo uh, the week before, actually, mm-hmm. and then I go to San Fran.
7: Yeah, I had all that pulled up in case you couldn't find it, and then we went <laughs> Thank you. To something else. Thank and, you. Yeah. you know,
4: yeah. Anyway, but I'm I'm just so I'm so excited, so delighted, and grateful. And, uh, well, I just
3: I I hope that this 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 set of things y- yields the publicity
0: mm-hmm. that
3: you need in order to increase the viewership, so yeah. that you I want you to be able to take care of you and your company and and to make that next film.
4: Well, thank you. That's that's the goal. That really is yeah. the goal. I um, we had some really great news um, that. Uh, the film is going to go international it, it was released last may in north america but on april 15th there'll be a global pay-per-view event uh and um so it's going to be worldwide we're very excited
3: oh great well let me know when that happens i might watch sure. it again even though sure. i already
4: own it uh, <laughs> <laughs> well there's uh, maybe don't watch it for me or, or the show but there's going to be a panel discussion so I, i'm not in charge of any of that Right. Uh, I don't even know if they're going to ask me to speak. Maybe they've heard enough of me. But um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a big deal. And well, where
3: where is this? Deal? It's
4: um there's well, shh, don't tell Dave. But it's KGRA. Um, they're they're a big network and they have like yeah, I can't remember thirty some shows. No no no, or... no
3: I, I know it. Law, I had a terrific interview with Peter Robbins. on K-G-R-A. Okay, so
4: you know exactly what I'm talking. Oh, about. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, so I was approached by their president, uh, one of their hosts and their president, to have a uh, an international pay per view event, and um, so I put them with the distributors in New York, um, and everything has been worked out, and so the date is four fifteen. So I'm pretty, pretty darn jazzed because yes. I, I can't imagine right. you, you can't imagine how many emails and contacts I get from the UK, Germany, Hungary. Australia,
7: Netherlands, Japan, the Netherlands, too, Netherlands,
4: yeah. New now, Zealand, have you, everybody's
7: mad at me because I put it out oh there, it was my re- God. being released in May and they're like, yeah. where is it, we can't see yeah.
4: it. Dabs, have you, have you, you know, put these good folks together, Lala and Bob with our friend from overseas, your sister?
3: Oh yeah, no, she, she has.
7: Sure. I've, oh. I've talked to them about it. Yeah,
4: wonderful, 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 because uh, man, that would be crazy business right there. Yep. Everybody getting together—that's that's so fascinating to me. And, I, and what I'm really kind of hoping, Bob, is—you know—part of this next film is 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 um, talking about how people use consciousness. You know, as a tool, and how they how they can access that and interact with that field. You know, to literally go out and ask for phenomena,
7: the different contact yeah. modalities. Yes, yes like yes. Ray Hernandez. And so, Sweet so. so
4: yeah. De- Deb's and Lala
3: and others are going to participate in the Bigelow uh, Institute Consciousness Study. Uh, oh, outstanding! That. So, and and um, it's a quadruple blind experiment proving to science of satisfaction that things they say they can do, they can do. Outstanding. Outstanding. So uh that that's the kind and then uh she, Lala and Debs and, er, and others can go right out in the field and say, Yo, will you will you please show up and do a little something for us? And they show I up and they- do a little something for you. They do. And Lala says, Lala regularly says, You know, I've seen all of you. Can you bring some of your friends? And new <laughs> things show up. That's weird thing, came.
7: The skyfish yeah. show up. The skyfish
3: yeah. is what she calls it. She calls it
7: skyfish.
3: And it's like nothing I have ever seen before anywhere. That is awesome. Oh, that is thank
4: awesome. you, Steve Wolf
1: yeah
7: i, I don't awesome. know if you saw that
4: thank you very very much
7: beautiful comment steve
1: on that note i have to say goodnight to all of you because i have to get ready for the third hour you guys all get to go to bed and i get to stay up for another two hours so
7: and then travel
1: no not travel yet
7: <laughs> oh yeah tonight <sighs>
1: it's gonna be a rough rough from morning Rough morning. <laughs> no,
7: Science no, Bob, no.
1: good night to you. Debs, thank yeah. you, my dear.
7: Thank John, you so much. pleasure.
1: Yes, sir. We'll talk to you thank guys you, soon. You Take care.
7: Thank you so much, Dave. Take Bye, care, John. guys.
4: Bye, Debs.
1: All right, there we go. Well, let's say good night to all of them. And let's say a big thank you tonight to all of our super chatters. And let me just do that. Super chatters tonight Pam, H, Bob, Dennis, Lori, Obi, Deb, Marty, Rob, Maddie, times two, Lala, times two. Thank you so much for the love, everybody. And uh, yeah, let's let's uh, party in Vegas soon, shall we? Who wants to party with me in Vegas? Info at spacedoutradio.com. We'll get you there. Thank you, Joan, for the super chat as well. Here we go, everyone.
2: Hey, hey, hey you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info now back to dave scott and sor
1: third and final hour of spaced out radio is now underway thank you so much for joining us we very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call earth Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Wastel. Wastel is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clams. It's a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky
2: journey.
5: I'm afraid of that place. I haven't been back in a long, long time. I'm scared to go there. Somewhere in Northern California, an hour from the coast in a dry valley, there's a place. This place was my second home. I spent almost every weekend there for many years until I was a teenager. A property in the outskirts of a boring small town near a creek in a well-sized patch of woods. We did a lot of things there and we had room and confidence. A creaky old house dimly lit, covered by trees, and a small garden to the side. The light only went so far from the windows and porch before it was total darkness, and a short walk to the other two buildings, old, long, empty garages filled with tables and chairs for parties. Probably about 50 feet long, 10 feet wide, side by side. And although they said no further than 20 feet from each other, They both had very different atmospheres. One was a beacon of light in the darkness, rather a checkpoint, before it was total darkness. They were bustling with life from family gatherings and parties, but never the second. Only twenty feet away, it was always too dark even to see. And on the other side of that, well, that's the scariest part of that place. The four mysterious homemade concrete graves. Right next to this building, and beyond that debris, giant rocks, and tons of firewood picture almost a scrapyard with zero light. The building was scary, but at least it was closer to the light. I have plenty of stories from here, ghosts and intruders and otherworldly and notworldly things. But this time, I'm going to concentrate on beyond those property lines, beyond the empty field adjacent to the old building, Cache Creek. Back then, the rules were don't go into that building at night, but we always did. They told us not to stray past the graves at night, but we always did. They told us not to go to the scrapyard, but yet we always did. But what we would not do is go past that field. It was almost an unspoken rule. No one ever brought it up. No one ever suggested attempting to make the trip. And we were reckless as kids, but not suicidal. We remember when we would sleep over when we were younger. My grandma would put us in the house before 12. That creaky old house. Too many for one story, three bedroom house. You could see the end of it from where you enter. A straight shot. Living room, dining room, kitchen. All the rooms to the left. Room one by the front door, room two by the end of the living room, and room three by the dining room and the bathroom in the kitchen. And then out the back door. We all funneled into the living room while the adults slept in the rooms. We slept on the floor, and we'd stay up longer than them, but not for long. We'd get too scared. I'd remember no one talking about these things, just a look on everyone's face. Then everyone lays down and pretends nothing happened. These types of occurrences were daily at this place. But there is something that I will never forget more than anything— One night, while everybody was asleep except for us kids, it was maybe 30 minutes after everybody went to sleep, and the house was all quiet except for us whispering away and talking. Honestly, when I started hearing the noises at first, I thought they were maybe just insects or maybe a cat or something. But then we started hearing distant screams far off. A chill ran down my spine instantly. Suddenly it sounds like something slams into the front door and start scratching at the walls, the door, and the sides of the house. Everywhere. It sounds like something is running around the house. The scratches, like I said, started at the front door, and then suddenly they were at the back door. Then the right, and all at once. Sometimes it just sounded like one finger, and other times it sounded like a full claw. We were all scared out of our wits. The scratching then stopped, and for a moment everything went silent before we heard a massive thud on the top of the roof. I felt fragile under it. I felt like at any moment that the roof would cave in on top of us and we would be this thing's meal, whatever it was. Eventually, the adults woke up and went to see what was going on, asking if we were horsing around. Once they saw how scared we were, they walked outside. The wind seemed to calm and everything seemed to drift off into silence. I survived that night somehow and so did all of us. The next day, when I asked the adults what they saw, they wouldn't tell me. They wouldn't tell me if it was wolves, big coyotes, nothing. No response at all. All I knew is I heard something that night. I was young, maybe five or six at the time, and now I'm 22. And I can tell you for a fact that my reckless curiosity still gets the best of me sometimes. But I know one thing is there was something out there that night. I can't explain what it was.
1: And that's why we love the Swamp Dweller around here is each and every night, Monday through Friday, to kick off hour number three. Swampy tells us another spooky story, and we appreciate him coming on in. If you want more stories just like that, head on over to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads, and you can get a few more just for yourself. From the Swamp to the Stars, it's time to bring in our resident Timbit, little Timmy Senor, and the UFO Report.
7: Nobody's
1: gonna know. They're gonna know. Ah, uh, Timmy Senor, It's been a weird night around SOR headquarters tonight, man. You were on yeah. the you were on the phone with me. When there was some weird stuff going on, man. Weird, yeah. weird stuff. You've never really heard Davey speak like that before.
9: It was a little creepy. It was a little creepy. I was waiting to hear something like a buzzing or a vacuum cleaner or something. And then just hear your wife baylight like, dot, dot, dot. No, Dave. I was waiting for
1: it. Oh, uh, yeah. So I should tell people what happened here earlier on. Uh, this happened... About an hour and a half before showtime. We get back from hockey, my son and myself, and he's looking for his mom. So he walks down the hall, and he walks and stops right at our main bathroom. Then he comes back to me and says, Daddy, there's something in the bathroom.
2: That's the ease at which you get information. You're always connected and informed. No waiting. So if you're living with diabetes and still using old tech and finger sticks to read your blood sugar, what are you waiting for? U.S. Med carries continuous glucose monitors, which provide real-time readings of blood glucose levels, and accepts Medicare and over 800 private insurers. Call 1-888-US-MED-65 today. That's 1-888-US-MED-65 today. And manage your diabetes as easy as... Is your new year still falling flat? You are not alone. This year, millions will
9: be diagnosed with low energy. But Planet Fitness has the cure. Boost your energy with tons of equipment in our clean and spacious clubs for $1 down and $10 a month. No commitment. Cancel any time. Deal ends February 16th. See Home Club
2: for details.
1: I said, what? He goes, I saw something, but I don't know if it was real or my imagination. So I said, well, what did you see? He goes, I saw something in the bathtub. And I'm like, well, what did you see? He goes, I don't know how to explain it. It was there for a second, and then it just went up and gone. So I'm like, okay. So I get him to draw it out, and it almost looks like he's drawing two hands with the elbows connected. Okay, and that was it. So a little bit later, like I'm talking like, Eight, ten minutes later, I just sit down in the studio to prepare for tonight's show. And Tim and I are having a quick convo about what we're going to talk about tonight. And I get a text message from Mrs. S.O.R. saying that she took the dogs outside and she quickly called them in because she felt there was something not too good outside in my neighbor's yard. So I got Tim on the phone and I'm kinda trying to tune into everything and Tim doesn't know what the hell he's going on because he's Mr. Nuts and Bolts here, right?
9: Dave was scared, so he called Tim.
1: I wasn't scared. He was a little scared. It was it was eerie. It was eerie. Not scared yeah. though. So I go outside and my neighbor's yard seems darker than normal. And I mentioned that to Tim. And then, I don't know about anybody else there who's been taken before. For me, the trigger is when I hear the song from Pink Floyd, is there anybody out there in my head and I said, ah, crap to Tim. I said, I think I'm going on a ride tonight. So I got on the phone with Science Bob and Lala Bright, explained to them what was going on after I hung out with Tim. And then Travis Willier moves to us, our resident astral traveler. It's funny. They don't know each other, but they describe the exact same thing of what it seemed like I and what I thought in my mind. What I was picturing in my mind as sci-fi as this sounds is like this round creature with like tentacles long i i pictured it as arms but both lola and travis saw it as a creature with tentacles hanging on out then travis picks up a an arrowhead shape ufo He goes, I think you're going on a ride tonight. In fact, Travis is, uh, you know, he's been working on my house all night long, which is kind of cool. I love astral travel. Energy has calmed down a little bit, but it's still weird out here, man. Still weird out here.
9: Yeah, I could tell you were creeped out, and it sounded like your whole family had an experience individually, too. Um, you know, I'd never heard that kind of tone in your family's voice, you know, and so I could tell there was an element of urgency, there was something different, you know, each family member expressing something odd, an odd feeling. There's definitely something to that, um, you know, and then you've got friends that are sensitive that are able to hone in on your location and give their opinion. I mean, that's what it's all about. I'm just, I am that nuts and bolts guy. And I'm like, while we're talking, I'm like, man, what can I do to help him? You know, you didn't know what to do. You didn't know what to say. I'm like, dude, literally all I did was record our conversation. And I was like, well, maybe he'll want this later. (laughs) You know, and I was like, maybe because there was like this weird water sound at one point, but I don't know if you're inside or outside. No, but yeah.
1: Dude, there was absolutely no. Water running. None whatsoever. It, it
9: sounded like you were next to a gutter or something.
1: No. No. There was
3: no I'll water play you running. the
9: recording, yeah. Yeah, you can hear it in the recording for sure. Um, but, I mean, that's, that's what it is all about. The consciousness connection is so important. And, in fact, I was talking to Nicole about this a little bit, that it, it's really hard to collate that. You know, I have the scientific part, but I know that I need the consciousness part to my research. And without an expert or some way to bring in um, somebody of credibility that understands it deeply to help you interpret things as they're happening, it's really hard. Because just like that experience that you just had tonight, imagine now if you were also capturing things in multiple spectrums. Because I've had experiences like that where you're capturing things above you at the same time as that bizarre feeling. Um, and so to be able being able to bring in the psychology aspect, the um, consciousness aspect, I, I feel like is so important to this topic. It needs to be taken seriously because there is something to it.
1: Uh, you know what? I don't know what the hell it was. Uh, you know, I just know that's the first time in a long time I've had. That feeling where, like, dude, every goosebump on my body was standing up. It was just one of those things. Maybe it was a Chinese weather balloon. Maybe. Yeah,
9: maybe you're just really sensitive to radiation, whatever it was expressing out of that balloon above you.
1: Yeah, you never know. You maybe never was- know. Well, let's kick this thing off, man, because enough about my uh, my okay. UFO life. Let's just get right to it. Adversary drones are the big topic right now. Is China and other countries possibly invading the U.S. and spying? Pentagon's looking into it because maybe some of these are acting like UFOs? What do you got there, Tim?
9: Yeah, adversary drones are spying on the U.S. And the Pentagon acts like they're UFOs, exactly. The U.S. military seems aloof to the fact that it's being toyed with by a terrestrial adversary, and key capabilities may be compromised as a result. And so a key uh, uh, new topic has been brought forward here by Tyler Rogueway of uh, The Drive, and I definitely want everyone to at least go to the war zone and get a slice of this on their own and read it on your own, but we're going to cover it here tonight. And so to quote this article, uh, we may not know the identities of all mysterious craft that American military personnel and others have been seeing in the skies as of late, but I have seen more than enough to tell you that it is a clear that a very terrestrial adversary is toying with us in our own backyard and using a relatively simple technology such as drones and balloons to do so while making off with what could be the biggest intelligence hall of a generation. And while that may disappoint some who hope the origins of all these events are far more exotic in nature, the strategic implications of this bold operation and the series of other operations which have been happening for years, undeterred, are absolutely massive. And so, yes, realizing that the idea of an adversary is penetrating penetrating the U.S. military training areas unmolested and has been for years Using low drone technology such as balloons is a big pill to swallow, but is one of the people who have repeatedly warned about the threat posed by lower end drones for decades. Warnings that largely have been dismissed by the Pentagon until drones have been made or altered um, and used in war zones, literally raining down bomblets on U.S. and allied forces isn't really surprising at all. And so, nor is the fact that the Defense Department is still playing catch up when it comes to the realities surrounding the drone threat, and not just to its forces abroad. And so, the gross inaction and stigma surrounding unexplained aerial phenomena as a whole has led to what appears to be the paralyzation of the systems designed to protect us and our most critical military technologies. And so pointing to a massive failure in U.S. military intelligence. And this is a blind spot we ourselves literally created out of the cultural taboos and the military-industrial complex that is ill-suited to foresee and counter a lower-end threat that is very hard to defend against. And so, of course, before moving forward, it's important to state that just because in this article, it's stating that they believe the evidence is compelling that many of the bizarre encounters of, of, with the mysterious objects in the sky as of late, and especially those that the U.S. military is experiencing, emanate from peer state competitors. Not only, not, I'm sorry. So they're saying here that we've been experiencing a lot of U.S. military, uh, emanating from peer state competitors not only not necessarily another dimension or another solar system so there are certainly well documented cases of seemingly unexplainable events that we have nothing to do with and this type of capability so in other words our conclusions do not even come close to answering the questions of UAP or UFOs And so what we are highlighting in this article and what brings us together here on this topic is that the biggest problem is that as a whole, people expect one blanket and grand explanation for the entire UFO mystery to one day emerge. And this is flawed thinking at its core because the issue is clearly with one multiple explanation due to a wide range of events that have occurred under a huge number of circumstances. So this thinking must be changed. And it's limits to our ability to solve some mysteries in hopes of coming up with some fantastical monolithic explanation for every relative and related mystery. So accepting that there is a likely wide array of explanations to this notoriously abused topic will be absolutely key to successfully studying it and destigmatizing it in our culture and especially within the U.S. military and intelligence circles. It's an important topic, and it It needs to be covered. And this absolutely is what we're seeing here with the balloons and how that topic has just been kind of obfuscated in its own weird way. Like, why did we wait so long to act on it? And why was the initial um, report on it a UFO report?
1: Well, I mean, look, UFOs are going to be – it's easy to blame the UFO topic right now. It really is, and you know, I'm not here to dismiss that all UFOs are Chinese weather balloons, or spy balloons or anything like that, but I'm pretty sure uh, this is a question that we should ask random guy in overtime, okay? Because this is a skeptic's dream right now, that everything, Tim, is a spy balloon. And look, there could be Dozens of them over North America right now. We won't know unless people are spotting them or maybe they're scanning the sky right now trying to figure out, you know, if and where there are more. Uh, This is an important topic. It really is. You know, does it affect the defense mechanisms? I don't know. Does this explain the tic-tacs or the go-fast or the gimbal film or the... The pyramids that Jeremy Corbell claims are UFOs, I don't know. We don't know if that's human technology or not. But, I mean, everything is going to be suspect now because of this very simplistic infiltration of North American skies. And we here's the thing, buddy. We didn't know if that had any chemicals on it. That's why they waited for it to get over the ocean. Was So in case there was chemicals on there, I believe, that they wouldn't, you know, those chemicals inside the balloon wouldn't hit any populous areas.
9: Right. Do you think that they are using this? Sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, no. Let's – I I had to cut you off there due to the break. Let's continue this topic after the break. And when we go to overtime after the radio show on our YouTube channel – We'll bring in Random Guy if he's available to break this all down. Tim Senor and the UFO Report. Getting heavy tonight and going into the final half hour of Spaced Out Radio. We'll be right back. What is that seaweed you're drinking?
3: Oh, um,
9: alien goo. Some kind of slime. Um, monster machine, a green machine, I think machine is delish um interesting stuff though and you bring up a great point i do feel however like we -hmm. didn't go into this or let's just put it this way the the recent blanket that they've had to um, use when it comes to uap Mm -hmm. not ufo but actually uap feels like they use that to softball this whole Chinese balloon thing. Maybe. Like, it feels like it was it was absolutely. And, and we're seeing the same thing now Maybe. with Russia, even trying to be like, hey, we've got UFOs now, too.
1: I want to point something out here, okay? Because the night before they, they launched that F-22 with that missile, yeah. random guy came on here. And we, you know, I've noticed a few people in our chat room not really believing what random guy says. But you know what? Jay Burke confirmed something very important here. He says, Chris Lado, former fighter pilot, broke this down. He said, the missile they used was some type of special missile designed to pierce objects instead of exploding, and that one missile cost a million dollars. Now, if you recall the conversation we had the night before the the balloon was brought down, random guy said they're going to use a fourth-generation fighter, likely the F-22, to get up to the altitude that they need to get a good shot at this, and that they would be using a specialized AIM-9X, I believe he called it, AIM-9X Sparrow missile in order to help bring it down because they they were worried about explosions. They they said that they weren't going to use machine guns to bring it in because with the type of gas in there, even if you pop a bunch of holes in the balloon through the bullets, that uh, it wouldn't do a difference anyways. So everything that random guy said the night before would happen, 100% happened, and other people, like Chris Lado, thank you, Jay, for po- pointing that out, called it. Okay, exactly what happened. Exactly yeah. what happened. So
9: Yeah, we get those goodies all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the fact that Random Guy dropped that on this show, and I look, I realize because he's anonymous that many uh, have a problem with that, and I get that, but I'm just telling you, he is telling you guys what's going to happen before it happens, or he's telling you what's ours and what's not?
9: Good information.
1: Right? Hi, Stephanie Jackson. How are you? Hi, Dark Protocol. So I am going to pat random guy in the back for that. And, uh, you know, I am going to point out that when he says things that are accurate, we're going to point it out.
9: Yeah, he called that big time.
1: Yeah, because random guys stated that they couldn't use an exploding missile. Yeah. It's all on the show from a few nights ago. Mm -hmm. It's all recorded right there for you.
9: It was fun. Yeah, I think we were high-fiving him via text pretty quickly the next day. Yes.
1: Uh, Little Jimmy Goodall, uh, you will meet uh, random guy At our Vegas party. And I know Random Guy, I have instructed him to uh, maybe spend some time with both you and Michael Schrat. Oh, there's Random Guy there. Do you want to bring him in on this now, or do you want to wait?
9: Totally up to you. Sure, bring him in.
1: All right, let's bring in Random Guy.
9: Congratulations, Jim Goodall, on your new film that's coming out.
1: Yes. Random Guy, how you doing?
9: What's going on, man? I'm tired.
1: Yeah, Aww. you're always tired. I went and
6: saw a movie tonight, that, that knock at the cabin to the world, what it's called, the M. Night Shy- Shyamalan movie, the guy that did the sixth Was it good? It was decent. It was better than I thought.
4: It. He always does weirdo stuff. Yeah, it was good, it. It. good watch,
1: <laughs> I think your buddy's in the chat room. He says, Random guy is about as legit as they get, but what do I know? Just an NSA guy.
9: <laughs> I don't
1: know who that is, to be
9: Dave, you should create him an icon, too. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, I to show you tonight.
6: I missed it up until about 10 minutes
1: ago. Oh, that's all right. You're sounding really muffled right now. Really muffled. We got, like, 20 seconds. He didn't
9: take the phone out of his pocket again.
1: No. Yet. Can you hear
9: me? Yeah,
1: yeah, we can hear you, but pocket. you sound muffled.
9: Ah,
7: sorry.
1: I'm on it's my in phone. Your, It's in your muffle.
9: Take it out of your muffle. <laughs>
1: Remove the phone from your butt cheeks. Here we go, everyone. We round a third. We're heading for home tonight. On Spaced Out Radio, my name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate it. want to remind you that if you miss most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read the news wire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with the UFO report. Tim Sinor is here, and we have now been joined by our good friend, Random Guy, who is going to break down all of these UFOs that are now not UFOs, but Chinese spy balloons. Random Guy, (laughs) Tim, welcome back. And, Random Guy, I want to talk to you about this because – This is a skeptic's dream regarding this Chinese spy balloon because now everybody is going to call any orb in the sky that they see in the daylight a spy balloon and not a UFO.
6: I mean, yeah, if you want to oversimplify it, but we both know that's not accurate either.
1: Why do we know it's not accurate? Clearly, there's things that really have velocities that are not weather balloons. Or-
8: Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR. Time. Talent. Benefits. Payroll. ADP. Always designing for people. When you stay at a Verbo, the host doesn't stay with you. Because a vacation home with a stranger sounds a little bit like a horror movie. Only whole vacation homes, always private. Book on the Verbo app.
6: Surveillance balloons or something like that. I, don't, I don't think one's related to the other. I actually think this is more along the lines of uh, what we were talking about with our friend Putin last night, right? It could be psyops, it could be surveillance, it could be any number of things. But yeah, the Chinese drone thing is out of control over the Navy. I've heard that's not the first I've heard of it. I think I sent you guys. Previous to this, a few links on that.
9: <clears throat> yeah, and it, and so in particular, you you brought this article to my attention, and um, what in the particular raised a red flag when you read this article from the War Zone?
6: It wasn't so much a red flag. I just really wanted you guys to understand that it's not me just saying things, that it's not me... I do a lot of speculation. So this was just more of the thing of like, not so much on the show, but when we BS and tried to have conversations about what could this phenomenon be. And it was more a validation of my point that yes, we probably have, I assume we have the best technology in the world. Um, but other countries have cool stuff too. And if they cannot be effective with the deployment of their technology, they could still be good at, Using it to harass, cause uh, misinformation, surveillance, stuff like that. So, games are being played by all sides. I know the Chinese drone thing, I've heard about this a million times. So, it's just kind of cool for you guys just to put it in perspective that some of these things are going on. And it could be, I'm not even going to say it's the Tic Tac, I'm not going to go that far, but I've told you guys specifically. Some of these things that I've seen, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I think it's us messing with our own stuff, or our own guys. But that's I have to leave it at that.
1: Right. Right. OK, so if this has been happening for a while, is that the first time we've actually shot one down because of public pressure?
6: To my not. Well, OK as far as a weather balloon or whatever surveillance balloon thing was, I've heard some different things on this, by the way, that are going to come out. Um, I think mostly it was to see what they can get away with. So you guys already heard, there's like four or five of these things out there right now. And I know people were referring back to one that happened. What was it? Three years ago when Trump was in office, because, you know, we can't have any discussions in this world, God forbid, without bringing politics in it. Right. Who's president. But, (laughs) The bottom line is China doesn't care. The only reason China cares who's president is because of, you know, trade stuff in the administration and the economy. They don't really care with their military goals and their surveillance goals. They're going to do what they want to do. So, yeah, these things have happened before. As far as I know, there's four or five of exactly what we pulled down all over right now, not just over the United States, but in various other places that are from China. This thing started... We knew where it was. We could have shot it down point blank. So like this whole we we didn't want to shoot it down because of uh it might have had chemicals on it or something. That's not accurate. Okay. Because we could have taken it out immediately in Alaska, uninhabited. We could have taken it out in the bridge between Canada and Idaho. We had multiple places to do that if that was the goal. I I think they wanted to do recon on it from what I heard. They flew by, they photographed, they took um RF sampling to see what frequencies it was transmitting at. To see, you know, just to get that kind of technology information, Uh, they were able to glean some data from that. And I think whoever made that decision obviously is better informed than us, and decided that was the the best route. And I think at the end, shooting it down was a political, symbolic move more than an operationally effective move.
1: Okay, I want I want to ask you this random guy because you know I think the majority of us civilians are are not very astute as to what truly it's all about. And as somebody who's never served, I I know I'd be very ignorant of what was going on. I look at China. they got a number of satellites up there, dozens if not hundreds that are probably uh, highly accurate. What's the purpose of a weather balloon?
0: So
6: balloons are great for a lot of reasons, actually um actually i'm gonna see here if i can switch camera or microphones for you hang on one second there you go all right can you hear me better
1: yeah you're you're great now you're nice and clear now okay cool i literally
6: switched from android to apple (laughs) um another device uh balloons have a lot of advantages both tactically financially like everything because First of all, what's the number one thing that China came out and said? This is just a weather research balloon. This is not a big deal. It just went off track. You guys are overreacting. Everybody chill, which is plausible, right? So if you ever were going to do a sneak attack, if you did want to do nefarious surveillance, you would put it under the guise of a a civilian mission, right? So that's, that's the number one, the psychological, tactical advantage of having a balloon. Second of all, they're cheap as hell. (laughs) These things These things are like a thousand bucks depending I mean the array is clearly cost more But the balloon itself is less than a thousand (laughs) dollars So you could literally put up hundreds of these things at pretty low cost and flood an area with it If you did want to weaponize it The other thing it can do a balloon is in our atmosphere a satellite is not they could take air readings They could read radiation over silos. They could read Stuff over power plants icbms what have you and literally smell the air. The other thing they could do is something called LiDAR mapping. So LiDAR mapping, yeah, they can do it to a degree from space, but when you do it terrestrially inside the atmosphere, they can measure our Cheyenne Mountain, they can measure that stuff down to like a centimeter. So there's definitely, if you're able to hide the mission under something benign, or if you have the radar signature small enough and no one spots it, you can go who knows how long get the data that you need and if anybody finds it who cares you're not going to lose any pilots you know you can pretend you were doing something else and you're going to get that data and then if you ever went to war with that country which i don't think we would but if hypothetically now they know those those missiles are $400,000 each that we used okay you can't. There's not enough aircraft, not enough missiles. If they just if they just sat up with cargo ships and started sending thousands of these things over the United States to distract, uh, take time at command and control, and every tenth one has an EMP on it, they could take down grids, they could have take down comms. Now we have stuff to combat that. But trust me, but it would make life pretty miserable in the United States, and it would make for the jump off of a pretty crappy beginning to a war for a country that's very reliant on technology.
1: Makes sense.
9: How about you, Tim? How do you feel they used the UFO, UAP topic to cover up and softball their reaction to their knowledge and action on this?
1: Good question. Could you be more specific?
9: Well, it took... So... The secretary knew about this and was still going to go to China. Right. Public reaction was like UFO. And then they were like, oh, it's actually something. And then he decided to call it off and postpone. Right. Um, That's one thing. The second thing was that they were okay kind of using the safety blanket of what we just read in our UAP report, how they were going to diagnose things before just acting on things and so even though they may have gotten a command from our president on how to act they still took time to do something different I'm just
6: I feel like a lot of there's definitely so this just goes with the territory for something that was not an imminent threat they play they have to there's things you will never hear about that presidents have to make decisions assets freaking assassins like people that get caught here with Weapons, terrorists, and they that the president makes a ton of decisions about these things. Most of them, if it's benign, meaning not that it wasn't dangerous, but it's like not an imminent threat and they got it under control, they literally make political decisions at that point.
9: What way did they use the actual UFO topic though, specifically to work into this?
6: I did, I don't know. I don't know that information. I know I had heard that, but it sounded to me from the people I've talked to that are still in the mix, that Biden's initial reaction was like, take it out. We can't have that. And that the Pentagon staffers said, well, wait a second. And they kind of talked them down. That was that was the story I heard. Now, it's hearsay, it's secondhand, but people that actually work in these places, so take it for what it's worth, grain of salt.
9: Okay, now let's go to another situation where our Snoopy teams are out there collecting data on what they're perceiving as UAP and um instead of our warships potentially using their anti-drones on these bizarre lights on the sky in the sky they are considering them UAP and not acting on them how is the UAP topic potentially interfering with our security and intelligence
6: um simply because of the fact that we have to spend we have to take it seriously so if there's a light and it's a UFO or A UAP, we we still have to respond to it. We still have to investigate it. That means man hours that they're not doing something else, right? Wild goose chases. And then you look at the situations with surveillance, where that's definitely something that's going on with the Chinese drones in our boats, especially in the national waters.
1: It is very... Very interesting, very interesting, and in, indeed, when it comes to the the spy game that is played along with this, guys,
6: misinformation huge. huge.
1: We're, we're going to get into a different topic here. The Pentagon's highest ranking UFO hunter finally comes out in public, and then sees his the shadow and runs back in. <laughs> Jay Stratton, let's hear about him.
9: Groundhog Day, indeed. Uh, so the creator and former director of the uh, UAPTF, Jay Stratton, has given his first ever public interview with journalists George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell, featured on the episode three of Weaponize podcast. And um, I think it's very important just to briefly highlight here that this interview actually took place at the same time as the interview that they did with Travis Taylor. So although we are seeing it now publicly, It was actually recorded some weeks earlier, Um, and I don't know exactly how far earlier, but I don't know if it's completely relevant. But at this point, Stratton is the only person from the federal uh, government to have worked on all of the modern UAP programs and is the most senior figure directly involved to have spoken out, having held a rank comparable to a two-star admiral. And so speaking to Knapp on his approach to the UAPTF, Stratton spoke out about the importance of trust and quotes, we're already 70 years behind the power curve for trust, right? So because everybody says the government's lying to us and that the whole Blue Book thing and the whole Roswell thing killed trust. And so regarding his investigative approach, Stratton later added, I kept an open mind, a skeptic mind, and whatever you want to call it looking for something that can answer this in all the means that I had to chase that. But there were definitely some times where we really couldn't close the loop, and we realized that something needed to be done about it. And so there's quite a lot of information that comes out in the interview, but he likes to um, present his um, his work um, in the UAP Uh, programs and his background in identifying the capabilities of other nations' military systems, validating potential threats, and then ruling them out. And so what he's trying to focus on is the actual UAP itself. And so um, Jay Stratton is now being considered the U.S. government's top UFO hunter. And he conducted the first in-depth investigation of the Tic Tac case, And is the only person in the entire government to work on all the major UFO probes, including the DIA's ambitious program, OSAP, its successor, ATIP, and then the UAP Task Force, which he created, organized, and directed before it was formally authorized by Congress. And so the classified briefing that he wrote, narrated, and presented to key audiences is a primary reason why the newest program, Arrow, was created. And so unlike many of his former colleagues at the dod stratton believes that the public has a right to know what's going on on rather than obfuscation stonewalling and misleading statements and strategic leaks uh, to debunkers all of which continue to muddy the uap waters and so it's important to include here the fact that jeremy corbell provided photographic And video releases within the audio and visual report generated by Stratton and the UAPTF, including the Mosul Orb. So what I'm saying here, just to repeat, is that Jeremy Corbell was the person that provided a lot of information, video, both uh, video and photographs, audio and visual, to Stratton and the UAPTF including the Mosul orb photograph and video, um, when the report was generated. So we are starting to see some of the same things that um, they are seeing in the confidential part. But publicly, we've still got quite a bit to see. And so Stratton now speaking a little bit, um, you know, on the record publicly, there's quite a bit more that we can get into, but... I'd love to get your first take before I get into some further quotes.
1: I think this adds a lot of credibility to Lou Elizondo that Jay Stratton has come out. But once again, we gotta remember these there are people within the US government that are that are paid to maybe not tell the full truth. You know? And with Jay Stratton, I just don't know enough about him in order to to really get into a deep dive on whether or not this man is telling us the truth about UFOs and what he did and what isn't a UFO. It's going to be interesting. Random guy. What's your thoughts?
6: I mean, I honestly don't have a whole lot. Um, you know how I feel about these guys. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not discrediting them. I'm not saying they're fake. I'm not saying any of that. Cause I don't know. I just, I have a hard time when somebody says that they're going to come out and be a whistleblower and still give us nothing. Like, you're either a whistleblower or you're not. Like, are you here to tell tell the truth in your story? Um, or are you just here to be in the limelight? Because coming out and say, hey, guys, I know stuff. Just pay me and put me on your company team and pay me for your events and all this stuff. But I'm just going to tell you, yeah, there's cool stuff. Like, I could tell you guys there's cool stuff, and I'm not going to tell you. Like, that's just the way it works. They're basically doing this, like, taking it to this extreme of, benefiting themselves and positioning themselves for whatever i don't know if it's for the money the attention what now they may have good intentions but i just don't feel like it's productive like you're not actually giving us what we need that's my opinion
9: yeah and also let's consider for a moment that stratton currently works with radiance technologies where he is the leading directing assisting and developing efforts in existing contracts and the creation of new areas of business related to scientific and technical intelligence, with the focus on reverse engineering. So, Radiance I mean, Technologies—he's part well, of a club, like you know. So, if you go to Radiance Technologies' website, when you go on their splash page, it talks about them developing a high-focused laser technology. In fact. And it goes into actually some pretty decent looking hardware that is obviously being used by our military. So um, what it looks like is that he is developing and working on efforts on major contracts in developing some pretty massive hardware, you know, military hardware. And so with insight like that, he probably has a pretty good idea on how to look for uh, uap and ufo using our technology and developing other things to help us find it and weed sure. out what is ufo and what isn't um you know but is I mean, it
6: leading is it leading us to conclusions is it is it solving mysteries for us
9: yeah yeah um it very interestingly uh technical intelligence is part of what they do at Radiance Technologies with a focus on reverse engineering. And so that's a very general gray statement, but um, it kind of makes you wonder what he has insights to. But other revelations included one event where an unnamed official told him that He should not get involved in the UAP topic due to religious concerns, right? And that was another massive thing. And previously, the Pentagon's Public Affairs Office uh, commented that the former ATIP director, Lou Elizondo, had no assigned responsibilities. And now that's coming out that that was all false.
1: Well, gentlemen, we're going to have to continue this in overtime for our YouTube audience and say goodnight to our radio side of things. And if they want to hear what happened... Just go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. It'll all be there for you. Thank you, Tim Senor for the UFO report. Random guy for joining us early. And, of course, somewhere out there, NSA guy who is tuning us in, wondering what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, and everybody else who's joined tonight's show. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show, get your horns up for the guitar god himself, special thanks to everybody listening in, at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be, thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight, YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Space Now Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home.
8: Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR. Time. Talent. Benefits. Payroll. ADP. Always designing for people. When you stay at a Verbo, you always get the whole home. The whole upstairs. The whole downstairs.
7: And the whole nap room. Only whole vacation homes.
0: Always all yours. Book on the Vrbo app.